Hello, everybody, and welcome to Getting Close with Mike Marbeck. That's me. Uh, it has been about a year and a half. Uh, I feel like I'm a confession. Forgive me, listeners, for I've sinned. It's been 1.5 years since my last Getting Close. Um, in that time, a lot has changed. Uh, we are now in the middle, in the midst of a pandemic, COVID-19, coronavirus, uh, whatever you want to call it is now working its way through the globe and forcing a lot of people indoors. Unfortunately, not all people, because freedom, I guess. Uh, stay at home, wash your hands, take care of human beings, and uh, act like you have a brain, okay? Cha-cha. Another thing that's changed is I am no longer working at the Philly Improv Theater, which has served as my not only my place of employment, but my creative home for over 10 years. Since I pretty much first moved back to Philly, I've been there. Served in multiple roles, from class registrar to education director for a long time, artistic director, instructor, uh, show director. So a lot of, uh, a lot of memories there that... Uh, I'm very grateful for, very grateful to the theater, to Greg, to everybody that I've worked with over the years. Um, but it just, it was time. I was just, uh, I had talked to Greg before all of this started happening. And this was going to be the year that I was going to, going to leave. Um, no real plan, <laughs> no real uh, idea of what is next. Uh, I just knew that the, the time had come. I had people that I was very close with over the last couple years move away, people that uh, we're going to talk to throughout this, this podcast. Uh, and the more of those things started happening, the writing on the wall for me was, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. Figure it out. You may not know what the next thing is, but this thing is is done. Um, very grateful to everybody that I've worked with, uh, directed, taught, um, angered. <laughs> uh, I know that a lot of the decisions that I've made in any of the roles, uh, or some of the decisions that I've made in, in those roles, were not always popular, but I don't really have any regrets for the different decisions that I've made. Um, they were never really done strictly on my own. I talked to other people. Uh, it wasn't just uh, Mike making the uh, only calls on things. I reached out to a lot of people before making any, any decisions that made the most informed decision that I could. And all of those decisions in any of those roles were always done out of, especially the artistic director role, was were done to find the balance between artistic opportunity and expression and keeping the doors open. Because without the, the doors open, there is no artistic opportunity. There is no ability to express yourself artistically. Um, so... There was, it was always informing the decisions that I made, and I'm happy with those decisions. Um, 
I'm not going anywhere. I'm not moving anytime real soon. Uh, I will continue to be in Philly. Uh, I will continue to be involved in Philly comedy things. Um, I'm still doing study hall shows. We actually have one tonight if I am able to get this out on uh, on the same day, uh, Wednesday, May 6th at 8 o'clock. You can go to studyhallshow.com for more information on that. Uh, so I'll continue to be around. Uh, you're not rid of me uh, just just yet. Um, I'm going to continue doing the podcasts, clearly. It's just something something different for now. And uh, I've basically just been spending my time doing podcasts and watching zombie movies on any streaming service that I can get my hands on. So if you have a good zombie movie recommendation that's a little more off the beaten path, uh, send me a message. This episode is a little bit different than some of the others that I've done in that I'm already close with these, uh, with all these people. I've worked with many of them, if not all of them, in multiple capacities, multiple ways over the last 10 years. Um, and I also came in as a director for this, this team. I was not the original director, as uh, will be news to probably a, a good number of people. Um, so I'm also a part of this story that we're going to get into. This was recorded over three nights because people have lives and uh, it's been edited down, believe it or not, significantly. You'll be able to tell where those uh, different recordings took place because I put in different songs to bridge the gap that are of significance to the team. It's basically in two main sections. There is the getting close portion, which is just about two hours, which covers the full span of the team and history and, of course, some memories and discussion that bounces around a little bit. Uh, and afterwards, uh, that last hour is all stories that they have and memories that they have performing at uh, FIT and also at various festivals around the country. Uh, which, if that interests you, that's the that's the last hour. Uh, and if you just want to hear some really fun stories, some of which maybe had to be theirs, uh, then you can continue on into that third hour. But for the most part, the first two hours are the getting close portion of this of this podcast. They actually just had their seventh anniversary, May the fourth. Uh, they took the stage May the 4th, 2013, and seven years later, they're still doing things. Lots of life changes, which you'll hear about, but they continue to find each other uh, on the road or in Philly and uh, have have a good time. Uh, so I guess I'll shut the fuck up and uh, welcome Rob, Caitlin, Kristen, Molly, Fred, and David, otherwise known as the future. Hi, 
And because we are all in (laughs) self-isolating times, uh, we are all in different locations. Uh, We've talked about doing this for about two years at this point. Then people started moving away. Just became real hard to, to do. But here we are. We're doing it. We're making it happen. So how is everybody, first of all? How are y'all dealing with uh, with with things? Hanging in. All right. Molly's our spokesperson, so that applies for <laughs> really? all of us. Yeah. We're all hanging we're, in. We're all hanging in. Hanging in. Hanging inside. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Mike, do you should you give some uh context for what the circumstances under which this uh interview is taking place? Yeah, I did. You were not did you, did I walk away? <laughs> yeah. You were That's exactly what was happening. Did I walk away? When you were not present. I miss everybody. I'll say that, everybody. Um, you know, especially you guys back from Philly. But uh, yeah, I mean, since then here in Portland, have also uh, met some great people. I miss being with people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We got, uh, I ordered a sandwich from a local establishment today. And I haven't ordered any food from... Anyway, uh, Gina, my wife pulled up the menu and just, I saw that I could get a bagel and cream cheese and I started to cry. Aww. So I not only miss, I not only miss being with people, but I guess I also really missed bagels with cream cheese. And so we ordered one and I only got, I got home and saw the bag and it was just cream cheese because they were out of bagels. So. <laughs> Did they just give you double cream cheese? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a little tub of cream cheese and I got nothing to put it on. But whatever. But yeah, what? I miss you guys too. Yeah. <laughs> I had what? one of those moments at the uh, supermarket at the Acme uh, yesterday where I like looked around and I saw like everybody was doing the social distancing thing, staying six feet apart. Uh, everybody had masks uh, of, of varying quality. Uh, some were just shirts wrapped around their face. Um, but That's everybody fine. making that effort. Uh, and I, I got a little teary eyed. Uh, and then I turned and I saw somebody not making any effort whatsoever. So I was very quickly snapped out of that, uh, sentiment to anger, but yeah, there's the overwhelming majority of people are clearly making that effort, which is, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. I, I play a game like every day and it's just called pregnancy or pandemic. And I have to decide why I'm crying. Am I crying because I'm eight months pregnant or am I crying because there's like a global crisis? And sometimes it's both. It's fun. Do you write it out? List it? Yeah, I write out a list. Yeah, I have a worksheet I go through. You're eight months pregnant? Yeah, I'm super pregnant. Wow. Do you have a due date yet or? Do I have a due date? Yeah, they don't give it to you at the end. I don't know. I thought maybe they'd give it to you like when when they're sure that it's going to be right. <laughs> when the baby's born, they tell you what the due date is. Time of birth. Like this. Wow. wow. See that? Whoa. It's like a big wow. old gut. Caitlin is showing us uh, her belly. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. Home. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. It's a baby. Amazing. Uh, yeah, a lot has a lot has changed with uh, with everybody since this team first came about. So that's where I, I want to start uh, is where things began with uh, with the future. It didn't begin with me. The future was cast with one or two other teams. 
It was two. two. Uh, it was cast with two other teams, but it was the very last uh, of the like Saturday teams uh, that was cast, or so we thought at the time. Yeah. And the other two teams that we cast were going to be Tuesday night Herald teams. Uh, one of which was, oh gosh, Big Baby. Doctor Sleepover. And the other was Doctor Sleepover. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, the idea was we would be the last, uh, team that was going to be performing on Saturday nights, um, that was cast directly to Saturday night. Okay. So the, the team is being cast for Saturday nights. Uh, how did the, for the folks that were part of that original cast, uh, how did you find your way to those auditions? Um, I guess I'll start. Uh, I, was um i had taken improv 101 and 201 at some point in 2012 i don't remember exactly when and then had taken a huge break i had just uh changed jobs i stopped working at a car dealership and started working at a beer distributor um I never knew you worked at a car dealership. That's crazy. Yeah. I, um, when I got out of college, I first was working at a car dealership and that's actually why I started doing improv was because I was like, this wasn't the plan. You need to find something creative for yourself. I thought you were going to say your boss was like, you got to get better at sales and (laughs) taking on your feet. No, no, no. Um, and so that was the, um, that was the, I mean, I couldn't even look, I wasn't even, they, they, uh, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even on the sales floor. I was, um, I was working in every BMW dealership has a boutique store in it, um, that sells like BMW jackets and BMW golf balls. What? So I was in what? the store, like, um, being like, Hey, congratulations on the purchase. You want to get a jacket to go with that? <laughs> um, and they were like determining whether or not I was going to, take the path of somebody who would eventually be on the floor selling cars or be um, further hidden in the dealership um, working the parts counter. Um, <laughs> Your life could be so different, David. I know. I think you made a lot of good choices. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Um, so yeah, I, so I taken um, improv 101 and 201 um, while working at a car dealership to try and remain creative. Um found uh uh, and then took a big long break um probably for like almost a year and was in mike's 301 class when audition started and uh i had um i had never been to an improv show um and so my only experience was like being in class with people and i wasn't loving it so i was like i'll go to this audition to see one if improv can be good and two, if I'm good at it, because I was planning to just like quit if auditions didn't go the way I liked. Uh, so, yeah, that was how I got there. Okay. Can I ask, you had not been to an improv show, though you were in 301? Yeah, I just um, I don't even remember if I, it, my teacher was Jason Grimley, who no longer exists. Um, <laughs> and I don't recall if he um, if I don't think I lied to him because I, I, I'm not somebody who often lies. But I think I just I just never. Um, 
never went never went to a show and i and when he asked if anybody went to shows i just never said anything and then when i finished the class i went to the next one and that was the right move for both me and tim and uh i don't know see shows it's great to see shows it's good to see shows but also like you don't see a show that's really going to stop you but from doing improv 201 I think if you have like a natural ability for it, it's okay. Like, but I, I fail kids for not seeing shows. The ones yeah. who I'm like, you need to see a show because you, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You don't know what this is. Yeah. That's fair. It mm-hmm. should also be pointed out that at this point, all of you have been instructors. Yeah. So, thank well, you. Well, no, well, I mean, at, right now, as of 2020, we're right. all instructors. Yeah. Back then, we were not. Yes. yes, thank you for clarifying. And also, I guess, just for the record, we've all now seen improv shows. <laughs> yes. Craig. <laughs> uh, still haven't made it out to one. <laughs> what was that, Kristen? I said I still haven't made it out to one. <laughs> <laughs> no, now they're online. You can, you can sit down for three and a half hours and watch one. Uh, Fred, how did you find your way to auditions? I think I I think I took I think I signed up for 101 with Mike Marback with you Mike mm-hmm. in spring of 2012 so maybe same year as David and I went back to back to back to back I think I was in 401 maybe when auditions happened or I just graduated from 401 I don't remember you were in 401 okay I just remember that cuz we all went to your class show Oh awesome yeah okay mm-hmm. oh right where I died on stage in the in the middle of a mono scene, yeah, to get out of being in the show. That's right. Frank <laughs> Farrell, the show started, and Frank Farrell couldn't speak. Like, it was, he was endowed with having a disease where he couldn't speak, and then two minutes in, I died. And so I think the remaining people who are Andrew Coppola, Kevin Quirk, and Nicole Lebrecht, uh, and Anthony Carter, maybe, then had to, like, figure out how to uh, do the show. And the biggest laugh was Andrew Coppola saying... Fred's dead. He has the right idea. And the audience is like, yeah, this show's terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. Anyway, yeah, I think I was just like, I was hooked. I was like, I'll keep, I like climbing. I like climbing ladders. You give me a ladder. I'll be like, I'll try to climb it. And so I wanted to, I wanted to perform more. I wanted to audition. Okay. Molly. Um, I took Improv 101 in, I think, the fall of 2011. And went right into with uh, Rob Andracchio. And then I went right into 201 with Nathan Edmondson slash Nick Gillette. Because I think at that point, Nathan was like super busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I don't remember if I went right into 301 with Greg Mon, But um, started doing Malone, the uh, oh, independent yeah. team. Yeah, I think I think I had completed 301. By the time I was auditioning, but I I hadn't taken 401. Mm. But yeah, I was I was similar to Fred was hooked and was seeing a lot of shows. Um, my first show I saw with my mom it was Christina Gaussis and Susan Messing mm-hmm. at Holy Duo shit. Fest. Yeah, yeah, wow, really set the bar. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, and- give a shout out to Caitlin Corkery. Yes. Because I, my first shows were just like all asteroid shows. I would just go to like all the <laughs> asteroid shows. I would go alone. This is back at like at the Shubin. I would buy like a big hard cider <laughs> and just sit by myself <laughs> in the audience on like a Saturday night and just watch asteroid. Like I tried to go to every single asteroid show. Yeah, so good job, Caitlin. Those were really those were fun shows. You was that when I was it? actually going out in scenes, or was that when I was still just standing <laughs> on the side? Both. Uh, I think the last run of the shows where it was more like 
it wasn't the B movie, but whatever it was where you were like, I can play characters that fit in this genre and I'm really funny. Uh, I saw those shows and you were definitely in them. Yeah, that was yes. B movie. Back to, uh, Kristen. Uh, so you're, you're part of the, the artistic team at the time, uh, handling yeah. all of this stuff. How did you end up on this, on this team? Well, honestly, I didn't know if I was, uh, gonna be cast on the team or not. Um, I had a really fun time at auditions. I remember laughing at David, uh, uh, who did this incredible audition where he had a very like a gibberish, uh, voice, uh, and it was hilarious. Um, Molly was in a three person scene where she just killed it. Yeah. And I remember doing- Molly just shook her head. No, <laughs> I, I don't remember. <laughs> Which oh, Molly, I remember it so well. You were, um, I think it was you, Meredith Weir, and Frank Farrell, maybe? And and, and um, yeah. Frank was pretending that watching a movie at home was like watching the movies. And you came in as Frank Farrell's daughter yes. or son and was um, pretending to be the ticket taker and just like being like a teenager and hating it. You were excellent. It was so, so it, that was one of the first moments where I was like, oh, my God. There, everybody's thinking on their feet. This is incredible. <laughs> so smart. Thank you. Yeah. Some of my best work. Thank you. <laughs> and I got to play with uh, with Fred at, at auditions. And then, um, yeah, I, I mean, to kind of maybe uh, get into it a little too soon, there was many phone calls between Emily Davis and I at the time, just mm-hmm. wondering you know, like what our fate would be. And she kind of had the inside scoop as the improv producer as uh, Ralph was the artistic director at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was um, slated to be the director of the Saturday team that was cast working with Emily to put together those casts very closely. We just had a lot of phone calls, like nervousness and kind of uh, wondering about it. And then, you know, a little, uh, eventually she called me. She's like, I'm very excited. I can tell you now that we're going to be on a team together. It's, but I was excited, you know, like I was super pumped. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and it should be noted that uh, we're not ignoring Caitlin. We're not ignoring Rob here. Um, those are... Those fantastic additions come just a bit later. So we're going in a little bit of time order. Uh, so this, the team is cast. Uh, it's cast for Saturday, Saturday nights. Can you walk me through, and this is for either as uh, audience or uh, being on the team, what those practices like were like leading up to debut? Yes. Uh, like, did you talk about what form you were going to be doing? Um, uh, any anything and everything that may come to come to mind. We met in a a church, in, <laughs> at like Eighth and Fitzwater. Is that right? And Molly Bainbridge. Would show, Bainbridge. Yep. Molly would show up in her softball uniform. Because <laughs> yep. Molly was in high school. We haven't talked about that. Molly was a junior in high school. Molly was in high school. I was a senior. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm. All right, were you? Yeah. I'm gonna trust Molly. Right? Yeah, why would 20, Molly 17. not remember? <laughs> David, we did you walk away for a I was the cast, I was the class of 2013. Right? I, just, I don't know. Yeah. I just remember you being in high school for like a full year after. Well, I do think those first practices, not to be negative, but that stretch of time did feel longer than it was <laughs> to me. <laughs> 
Um, so that that checks out to me, David. <laughs> All right. So we met in a church, Eighth uh, and Fitzwater. Uh, Molly's coming from softball. Bainbridge. Practices. Sorry, David. Correct. Let the record show it was Eighth and Bainbridge. Bainbridge. Sure. <laughs> uh, and Molly's coming from softball practices. Continue. Yes. Yeah, we decided, uh, or Ralph decided that our uh, what we were going to start with was the deconstruction <laughs> as uh, as a brand new team. Which is um, a, a complicated and often um, dramatic form. Uh, it can be, uh, it's, it, I think, right, it, it lends itself more to, um, to like hour-long quasi-dramatic improv than maybe some other forms. I saw a very good, I saw the Cornell Improv Group a couple of months ago do a deconstruction and it was like 17 minutes and it was great. Like it was oh, just yeah? really great. It was like light and easy and free. Mm-hmm. In my memory, the deconstruction was like, we very much served the deconstruction. It was not like serving us. Uh, so it yeah. felt, it felt really heavy to me and, and like complicated. Yeah, the decision to do the deconstruction was made before we had all been in a room together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was not necessarily uh, the art fitting the personnel. Okay. But you- we also did a bunch of mono scene practices, I think. Did that come before or after? I think that was later, if I remember right, but I could be wrong. It kind of all bleeds together. <laughs> so, I mean, just to, Mike, just to give a little bit more background yeah so we, we were meeting in this church and there are five other people on the team dave saharsky andrew stanton john jensen emily davis and actually that's it right tony carter oh to anthony carter. oh my god anthony wow. carter wow I'm, i gotta i got no, but he's in a different category to be fair i mean he like because he right. was on the team much longer yes yeah. mm-hmm. true um I would say it doesn't take long for, um, aside from like the fact that we are um, given a very difficult form to begin with as a new group of people, um, it doesn't take long for chemistry issues to appear. Is that a fair way to describe that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. moment was tough. We just were not gelling as a team. And I think that's a lot of what I was feeling. <laughs> um and I also had like this, a lot of aspirations for, for the team too, you know, uh, I was very excited, but I also came into it thinking, I don't know how this works like as, as a team. I'm not, I just don't see it. Sure. Uh, um, yeah. Molly coming yeah. from softball practices, uh, yes. how are things going for you? Um, I, I was not kidding when I said my best work was at callbacks because I really didn't do anything. Uh, for a long time, because <laughs> uh, um, I was just yeah, uh, high school is not a time to be confident in yourself. Um, and I was like, I'm I'm just you know, I like all of these people, but I feel very out of place here. Um, and I loved going, and I loved that I was a part of it, and wanted it very badly to work, um, but definitely felt very shy for a long time sure. at the start. Um, yeah, but I was still I was still riding that enjoyment of of just being a part of something, even if there were those frustrations. Sure, um, it was just an exciting time as well. Okay, uh, so would that fairly describe 
the stretch of practices leading up to the first performance? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were all just like, you know, super scared. Um, Yeah. All right. I guess I guess to be fair, I may not I, I leading up to the first uh show, I may not have actually worn my softball uniform to a practice quite yet. I don't think I was that comfortable so I would change in my car before coming into practice. I appreciate you saying um, straight. So I just want to be clear that that probably happened after our debut, to be okay. fair. Which, Chris uh, legend. Uh, all right so wait i just have one more thing to say about how unprepared at least i was for everything um this is how little i knew about improv when uh when i got cast on the future i took uh like two or three of my best friends out for sushi to celebrate and uh told them to get whatever they wanted uh because there had been a change in my life (laughs) And then I paid for everything. Uh, <laughs> we spent. Someone's moving spent to the sales floor. It was. It was. <laughs> it was three of us, and we spent one hundred and fifty dollars on sushi. Where? Where? What sushi place? And I think. I think this. I think just this year, eight eight years later, I finally made that money back from improv. What? <laughs> what? What sushi? Would you go to Fuji Mountain or something? Um, no, I went. I was in the suburbs. I went to uh, like Susanna Fu or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Oh my god! And then David walked into my class and was like, "I don't need you. I don't need this. I'm on a team, baby." <laughs> and walked out. That's not true. Um, Yeah. And before I, I just, I don't know if this is selfish of me to want to add. I think part of my hesitation about even being excited about the team or being wondering if I was going to be cast was, you know, I played on Fletcher before and then uh, they cast two teams, a hot dish and Davinger. And I was not cast on any of those teams, but I was really hurt by, uh, not getting cast and kind of doing a lot of deep soul searching about like, I'm supposed to, you know, like be on staff at this theater and it's, you know, it's weird. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but uh, yeah. So leading up to the first show, I had a lot of anxiety about, yeah, like, okay, this is the team now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that debut was, it was in May of 2013, I think, right? Yeah, it was May the 4th. May the 4th. Yeah. 20, mm-hmm. 2013. Um, I remember some details about our first show, but I don't remember. I, I don't remember a thing about the first show. I don't oh, know. Really? It was, it was Fred and um, it was Fred and Dave Saharsky were in toilet stalls next to each other. That was the big oh, scene. The, the, yeah. Yeah. This, oh, I remember Fred, do, Fred just playing with the toilet paper. Yeah. And then I I also remember remember that there was a dynamite, there's a knockout scene where uh, Andrew Stanton and Emily Davis um, played Adam and Eve. Yep. Um, Military soldiers too, like uh, cadets or privates or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, The show was well received Uh, as sloppy as it might've been. I think it was pretty well received. (laughs) I don't know how good it was. I mean, the energy, I mean, it was the Shubin, it was packed, it was yeah. hot, people were excited. Yeah. And I think, I think the team, they were like, they were incredibly compatible players. Like, I think, for instance, like, Emily and Andrew were incredibly compatible as players. There just wasn't like a 
group cohesion. So it was sort of like funky style shifts. Like Stanton, I don't think would go out in the base scene of a deconstruction very much, but he was like amazing to step out to do like analogous pulls or whatever the deconstruction was. As you're performing, it's May 2013. How are things progressing? Because you had mentioned that you were working on mono scenes. How does that fit into things and why does that come about? Um, we're, we're struggling with the deconstruction to some extent, um, you know, and uh, <clears throat> I think it was just by acts. We were maybe did a mono scene just to like do something to switch it up in practice or to get used to like playing. And we wound up having a lot of fun. Um, and then I think we also did a mono scene um, at an indie show that you, Mike, hosted, the side show. Mm-hmm. And so we were, um, it, it was a lot easier to jump into a mono scene. I think did that have something because, to do with, uh, I'm sorry, David, but did that have something to do with plumbing or plumbers? It did. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. It was like, kind of like the first time things like we're feeling like, um, pretty good. And I think some of that was that there were some, there were some wildly disparate levels of, um, experience on the team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, the, the deconstruction relied on like understanding game and understanding like all these like concepts. And then, so like, you know, I mean, I know in my case, I was literally, you know, I, I, taken like you know three classes at this point like i was not that player and the deep but the combination of the deconstruction and being on a team with some excellent people who were you know well-traveled um you know well-coached um put me completely in my head about that stuff whereas doing a uh, a mono scene uh opened up to being like okay i can just be we can just be in the moment which was why it worked for me at least that reminds me we didn't really get into like how the team got its name or anything. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it matters. I don't know if anybody's like interested to catalog that. Well, yeah, I guess it, it, maybe this is what you're getting at, but Kristen said we should have been called Benatar and we, right. And we just should have been, I think that's what Kristen's going to say. Like yep. we should have been. Benatar, so. uh, there were a couple of iterations. Uh, we just met at this place called Growlers on also on Bainbridge street uh, and just like really just for a long time what the team should be called we we wanted future more perfect uh some people did and uh i've never been involved in the naming of a team i missed asteroids naming i wasn't on the future when you guys got a name mm-hmm. OV, what about, what about like all I've those indie out. teams that you're on <laughs> what about royal oh, baby the thousands royal what baby about? i feel like aaron picked that <laughs> name what about your soon-to-be-born baby yeah i'm that. all dan yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dan made a lot of promises uh, in his youth, right? (laughs) (laughs) He kept, he owes so many favors. (laughs) It's like a Rumpelstiltskin situation. (laughs) Something Eagles related. Okay, so we landed on the future. Yeah. Is that the, that's that's where? I just wanted to, I don't know if we're cataloging everything. Just want to take a moment there. Yeah, let's let's enter it into the historical record. Yeah, Um, and we decided on the future virtually. We it, there's a long Facebook thread and someone like the future came up and then everyone was like yeah 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 so needless to say probably not many people said it out loud or said hello thanks so much for coming tonight we are the future um, until I don't know for me personally it was not until we got a laugh after saying our name during our first show that I was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's our name <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. 
so I like it now, to be clear. Yeah, me too. Okay, I think uh, I think you, you all should keep it. Um, so after we're, you're doing shows, you move into the, uh, we're talking about moving into the mono scene after some struggles with the deconstruction. Uh, how does that go over with, with people? I also, I mean, I, I recall the, the mono scene in question with the plumbers at a, at a sideshow mm-hmm. was also, I think shortly after like a personnel shift, I forget who had left um, and we had a great, and we really felt and we had a happy. great fun happy show and after the show we were happy and positive and that was new so it was tough but david and dave decided to to step away i also think it was like a perfect storm of uh yeah just like jagged personalities and negativity i think ralph does very well to work with the people people who are receptive and are going to respond to supportiveness and warmth and he does not respond well to being directly challenged or to having to like grandstand about improv knowledge. And he was sort of being like put into a corner to justify all of his choices from an improv point of view. I don't think the people who are making him do that were actually going to listen and they weren't coming at it with a spirit of like support. So it was like a weird gaslighting mindfuck for everybody. Yeah. I think he, and like, I think most people come into a lot of situations like this. I don't think he expected um, that he was going to need so much buy-in immediately. Yeah. That was yeah, we were a tough team to coach, I think. <laughs> um, nine people. It wasn't like six strong personalities. It was like nine. That's another yeah. thing, right? That's a huge team. Uh, nine people with varying uh, experience levels and varying ideas of what improv should be, could be, and what you're actually doing. Uh, at I- this time, I was the education director. I would overhear a lot of things. So that, that, that was my assessment of things is that it was just, uh, as Fred, I think said a moment ago, it was gener- just a perfect storm of, of issues and personalities that, that just did not, uh, jive very well. What do you m- remember around when the sideshow and first departure of the team was? Cause this team had, as we know, multiple departures and mm-hmm. arrivals, so to speak. It was. It couldn't have been very long because I remember I was at the shore when I found out that Dave had left and I went to the shore. It was like at the very end of my school year. So I really only think it was like a month or so into shows. So therefore, you know, four months into. Yeah, my 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 recollection is like June. Yeah, because I remember in May being at my uh, my grandparents house. And getting an email from Greg asking, um, Greg Mon, the executive director of Philly Improv Theater, um, getting an email asking to, um, talk about my experience with the future and, and what was working and what wasn't working. And basically, um, since I spend a lot of time on like Memorial Day weekend drafting a letter <laughs> to an improv theater, I wrote, I wrote such an embarrassingly long and thoughtful response to that email as well. I like cringed. I've like done that a couple times in my life where I like care a lot about something and I like really pour my heart into something. And then I'm like, Oh God, that's so embarrassing. Uh, there was one practice. If you remember, I was around for one future practice. This is before I came on as director. Uh, but Ralph had invited me to come in and just kind of observe some things. Um, anybody remember that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to say that the talk behind the scenes was already about disbanding the team. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the other things as being in the office, not really having anything 
to worry about uh, personally with this uh, was the team debuted May the 4th, 2013. And I remember in June and July talk that people talking about, well, that's the end of the future. Uh, and I was yeah. like stunned. That's crazy. Um, especially looking back and talking about all this now to where the team is. So you go through the next, next few months uh, and things now have shifted uh, to Ralph is uneasy with the team. Y'all are uneasy with the direction. Um, so how does it come about? How does the decision happen to disband or continue? Is that another email from Greg? So what happened was we had a run of shows at what was called the Philadelphia Philadelphia Improv Festival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, So we did three mono scenes and felt like varying levels of good about them. Um, Although Ralph, uh, after one of them, I recall he just did something where he was just like, he didn't quite say I'm done with you guys, but he just like. He hated like. We loved and he loved the show we hated. Right, right. So that was kind of the breaking point for everybody? We yeah, and then we had a tough practice somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um that ended with just like everybody sitting on the ground to the bit main stage, like looking in different directions while people just like were like talking about their feelings. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh so at what point is the decision made to continue or end? And, and where did people, I'm I'm curious, like where, where y'all stood on that issue? I don't remember that at all. I don't remember. Um, This this is when we, this is when we found out Ralph wasn't coaching us anymore. Right. We had the option to continue as a team or, um, or disband. And And did did we all want to, or, so yeah, I we, remember, but we were, okay. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm no, 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 no. Um, I was going to say from that, uh, practice slash talk, I just remember multiple people on the team very, being very, um, aggressive about the standpoint that it was, it was Mike or nobody. Yeah. Uh, it's Mike is our director or we're disbanding. Like, I specifically remember Andrew Stanton being very, very vocal about that. Um, yeah. And I believe some other people felt uh, similarly like that. That's, that was my big takeaway was like, yeah. well, this better work. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that was happening underneath all of this, right. Is that um, two, what was at the time Tuesday night Herald night was a fucking blast. Those teams had a lot of energy. They were having fun. They were hanging out like, um, I don't like, uh, I, at least for me, they were all like, um, they were all closer to my age. Like I, all those people were like in their early twenties. Um, so I was like, let, uh, yeah, I was like, so I was, um, on the one hand, like I hate quitting things, but on the other hand, I was like, I wonder if like, if we quit this, then maybe I can be on Tuesday nights where everybody's having fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, at the, at the time I was direct, I was still directing asteroid. Uh, Asteroid had made the call to end, which which Caitlin was on. We had said pretty early, pretty early on uh, that if it should come to a point where too many people have left, we would sooner just end the team than to yeah. add add people to the to the cast. 
so in very pretty rapid succession, Bert Archer had moved to Las Vegas. Uh, Luke Field had moved to New York. And uh, we were like, okay, that'll, that'll do it for us. We had a fringe run lined up with study hall uh, and rolled right into doing the, the B movie uh, mm-hmm. final, final run in October. And we didn't even do any shows in between. We were just like, we're going to do this run in fringe take us off the schedule until October <laughs> and then we are, uh, we are, uh, sailing into the sun. Uh, so yep. Dunzo. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. And uh, Mike, have you told the podcast about how asteroid was like the team in Philly? Like it was like asteroid and Davinger were like the chocolate and vanilla. And I don't mean that like as a, as a basic way. I just mean that th- those were like the two standards of excellence. But which um, team was which? Which was vanilla and which was chocolate, David? Asteroid was chocolate and Davinger was vanilla. Inter- interesting. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept those flavor profiles. Um, yeah. So I was busy. I was busy, busy doing this. Uh, <laughs> I had things to go and I really didn't have an interest in doing the future. I didn't have an interest, uh, jumping, jumping into things. Um, we're getting, I, I feel like this is a decent end point for this for is tonight. part one. This yeah. is, I was born and then Marvin <laughs> comes in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> can, can we hear just something more from Rob? Yeah. Rob, is Rob, tell a story. I'm fine. I'm enjoying this because this is all stuff I wasn't around for. I think I I didn't come into the scene until in Philly until maybe like a couple months after the future was already a team in 2013. All right. So here's what's going to happen. Mike, just tell them the the ultimatum that you put for, um, for joining the team. Cause there was, there were, you were a package deal, right? The ultimatum there was that uh, I want to bring somebody. I want to, as long as this person is open to it, I want to bring Caitlin Weigel at the time. Uh, I didn't know that. I'm going to cry. Uh, you didn't know that? No, that's so You didn't odd. know that? <laughs> I knew that. How did you know that? I remember that. Are you crying because of your pregnancy or the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we left off uh, right about when I came on to the team. The team was at a crossroads. It was either end or Mike takes over as director, right? Um, Or there were at least some people on the team that uh, felt very strongly about that. Uh, So I came in uh, after a discussion with Emily and uh, my kind of demands had been been met. Uh, I was able to bring... Caitlin Corkery along for the, uh, along for the ride. Uh, I actually just sent her that email where I pitched her on things. Um, and that was, that was fun to fun to read through. And you made the video I, more back to the future. Yeah. That was important. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. fine cinematic work. <laughs> Though that email was so nice, Mike, because we both sounded um, like sometimes it's embarrassing to read old emails I'm like, oh God! But I was like, oh, Mike and I were such nice people in 2013. <laughs> yeah, what? Happens? And look at how we continue to be nice. <laughs> yeah, 
it was uh, pretty pretty easy. Uh, it took I think it was one email, but you were like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'm in. So Caitlin was on board. Yeah, we did that. Uh, as Fred said, we did a uh, quick promo video because Asteroid was still going on at the time. Mar Back to the Future, which I'll have to link in, in the comments. I still, it was so stupid, but I love that. <laughs> I love that little video. Um, there was a level of choreography to it because you had to run away. Yeah. And then r- circle back around. Yeah, and very did Aaron tricky. Eunice film it? Yes. It was a lot. Yeah. I was impressed. I didn't know there was a third person involved. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I remember How would when there my... not be a third person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of, lot of videos get made with just, <laughs> just the cast members involved. Don't uh, tell us about LA magic. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no magic here. Um, I also, um, I remember the email that Mike sent to the future, welcoming Caitlin to the team where he sent Caitlin's name in uh, invisible E ink. <laughs> we all had to like highlight it with our, um, we all had to like highlight it with our cursors or, you know, whatever we had to like highlight the text because he wrote it in white ink. So we had to uh, highlight it. And then we all wrote our responses back to Mike in white ink. Yeah. Uh, I was also notorious for writing very long emails and burying questions where at the very end I would ask the question of something that had that was buried within the email itself and you had to answer what it was. So I knew that you read the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a dick. You would, uh, you would also, um, you would, I mean, I, this was, that was actually not the worst thing you would do. The worst thing you would do is you would uh, like write a long email, um, highlight sentences in red and then at the end of the email, be like, um, please respond to the sentences in red. Um, that's like the information I need. And I'd be like, I'm not <laughs> going back through this email to find all the red sentences. <laughs> yeah, because you have to go through letter by letter. Um, yeah, so I'm, uh, I have joined this, uh, join the future. Caitlin is on board. Well, I had come in and I, I took away form. Um, I took away form for a while and we were just kind of playing, um, not worrying about what the form was, where it was going, anything like that. And just getting people used to playing with each other and having, trying to find some fun. Uh, cause I'm always going to be of the opinion that you can put fun into any, any form, but you can't have a form and then try to make it fun. If I remember correctly, a lot of rehearsals consisted of us doing matching character exercises. Um, and I still have a very vivid memory of doing some matching character exercises with Andrew Stanton. Um, and that being like a lot of fun. We mm. played like weird twins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was the, um, the, what the hell were those twins? The MacGuffin, not, not MacGuffin twins. Uh, oh, yeah. We, you had a name for it. And then I think I had you do them at a sideshow or something. I did, and I went shopping uh, for shirts for Andrew Stanton and I at like Buffalo Exchange. <laughs> Similar shirts. It was around the holidays because I had to get yeah. inspired uh, shirts, and I still have the shirt that Andrew wore. He gave it back to me after the show, and then I just gave it to AJ. So AJ wears that uh, flannel on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we have, uh, we go to through a lot of uh, just playing, breaking things down, and trying to find some fun uh, for the team. And 
uh, it, we get to March of 2014 and things kind of blow up due to outside factors on, on the team. Um, this is when Emily left the theater. Emily right. left. I do Jensen remember that. Left. Yeah. Emily that. left. And then Jensen left as a result of, of Emily leaving. Um, how was, how were people feeling at that point? Uh, this was pretty like uh, devastating, like morale wise for me personally. Um, I still had a great affection for people on the team and, you know, for the theater and for Emily. Um, but, you know, like things were just, things were just very rocky, very tough. And I, yeah, um, it, it unfortunately just caused a rift in our relationship that I still really regret, uh, to this day. Um, cause I was very, very close mm-hmm. with Emily. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I similarly, um, kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, was friends with Emily, but also like, uh, John was one of the people that I felt like I got along best with on the team at that time. Um, you know, he was wild, but I, I got along well with him and, uh, he, he quit the team in theater by just writing, I think it was on, on Facebook. In fact, he just wrote, I'm out on a Facebook thread and, um, there was no contact, no follow up, And, um, you know, I, I think even then I didn't begrudge anybody like leaving the team or leaving the theater. But um, I, I mean, I was, I was so upset that somebody who had gone through the same last year as all of us um, would leave like that and not, uh, not say anything more to us. Um, Because like, I, I thought of him as a friend and like, um, you know, I mean, maybe if I were, had been a little bit more mature, I, I would have reached out to him, but I didn't feel like that was my job. Um, and, and so I, 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 that, that, that did bum me out. But, um, the thing that I was more focused on at the time, I think this was probably how a bunch of you felt was like, we're starting to do good shows. Like, let's keep, let's keep doing good stuff and, and enjoy and like enjoying a team that's really coming together right now. I would say too, as far as anyone who's left the theater, there's so many people that have left the, that theater under similar circumstances that it's like, you can't really put the fault on any of those people because if you're a person with like 25 ex wives or husbands, chances are you're the problem. (laughs) There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that have left under those circumstances. So not to pin blame on any particular people for their actions yeah. or choices or whatever. Yeah, I get no, no blame at all. <laughs> what do you, what do you guys think the appropriate etiquette for leaving a team is? Uh, like if you're just going to quit a team, what do you think improv etiquette dictates you should do? Yeah. So, I mean, Mike, obviously you can speak to Fitz policies, having been a creator of them, uh, you know, from the point when you took over. Uh, but for me, yeah, I think you discuss it with the coach first and with the staff at the theater first and then, you know, um, you know, lay everything out on the table and then then discuss it with the team after that. Yeah, I think I it's respectful. I like that. Good, Fred. I think it's a little bit like people wanting divorce proceedings to go well. <laughs> like if they go really well then like don't get divorced 
So I feel like it would be uncharacteristic. Like if John, like it was very in character for John, I think to just be like, eh, fuck it. I'm out. Yeah. And um, yeah. Follow protocol. And I, having had a, a contact with him after he left the team, um, you know, I would go over to his house for food and AJ was really close to his partner at the time. You know, he was just like, it was too much drama. I was in it for fun. There's too much drama and I just needed to get out. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Um, I had taken over in October. Uh, Caitlin came in uh, and things blew up in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Molly, I haven't heard from you on on this particular point. I know that I've re- I reached out to either all of you as a group and I think I also reached out to Caitlin individually um, around at, at this point. Um, but I'm just curious um, what your what was going through your head at this point. Um, it just made me sad. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, it just genuinely, it was just a sad time. Everything about that was uh, a bummer because I also felt like I made personal strides with the team in those couple of months shortly after you came on, and you know. And so having all of that happen and, and, you know, John leaving right on the heels of Emily and all of that just being a whole thing. Um, after I felt like we had finally gotten over so many humps was, was a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> team at this point is Molly, Caitlin, Fred, Kristen, David, Andrew, and Anthony. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I'm pretty sure it was to everybody after, you know, the one, two shot and then all of this drama and sadness and gloom and doom that was surrounding the future again. I was like, Hey everybody, this is actually pretty great. It's <laughs> 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 like, I know this seems really bad, but trust me, this is going to be very, very good for this team. I love those people, but what we have here is just a super fun, super supportive core of people that will really push this team forward. So we went through, I think I came in also around that point and just threw some stuff that we were kind of working on out the window. And I was like, Hey everybody, we're just going to do a living room. Um, yeah. I don't, go ahead, David. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Cause we, we had been doing a Herald um, for like maybe the earlier, like January, February, mm-hmm. maybe March of that year. And this was around the time, yeah, you, you threw in the, um, the living room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike, I don't know if this was, I, I don't know if this was before or after when all that drama was happening, but the specific text that you sent me that was separate from the email was something, you used the words, like the phrase somewhere in there being like, I don't want you to think I brought you on board a sinking ship <laughs> was like the specific phrase you used. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember, uh, I, at the time I was, uh, I used to like for like all of 2014, anytime Mike taught a class, I took his class cause they were letting me take classes for free at the theater. Uh, I was his buddy. Um, and, um, anybody, yeah, this was happening. I was like, Mike, man, like, I was like, I was like, what the fuck does Caitlin think of us? Uh, and he read your response to the sinking ship, uh, thing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. She's cool with this. We're all cool with this. Like, we're all, well, that was, 
That was so funny. And the email that Mike sent me about being on the team, when he just uh-huh. like resent me the response, the one concern that I had was social. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to fit in with this team. It feels like they already know each other. I'm really worried they won't like me. And I'll just be like, you're weird lackey that came here. Like, I don't want to be on the team. And I think even <laughs> when people left at that point, I was still like, I, this seems like family business. <laughs> I don't know what I, what to do. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it was it worked out, guys. Don't worry. Uh, Mike, also, what rehearsal was it when you had us like write pledges to the team? That was his first practice, I think, because we didn't even. I thought rehearse. it was the New Year. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was around New Year's. Yeah, um, I I was I was trying to go through my email and see if I could find any record of like the pledge that we all had to like stand up and like. Pledge, uh, <laughs> pledge to the team, which is like a very like romantic sentiment, but I thought it was very needed for the team at that time. And I think even though it was like, I don't know, a bit out there kind of as a, a, an exercise for us, I thought it was spot on. Um, and Fred, I think you probably have yours still or remember yours because you're just the type of person who would. I remember doing it. I thought it was in pairs, and I th- I thought I remember like looking into Molly's eyes while I said this like really weird thing. And I remember the word bathtub, but I don't know why. That's all I remember. <laughs> you guys got Quaker married. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> did. Yeah, I wasn't it in pairs? Rope right? around like, their hands. <laughs> I remember that too. Was it? The, I think it was the same thing. I think it was like yeah, we read the pledge to one person. Right? It was probably just the same time. Yeah, so we're going over the the living room. And the reason I introduced that was just to capture some of, because we would we would have these pre, before practice. Um, we would be sitting around talking and everything was so fun. And then people would start performing and things were so rigid. Um, so I wanted to kind of capture that. Uh, and we just started. And I felt like, almost immediately things started improving. I mean, things were already on a, an upward tra- trajectory, but from with, I felt like within that form, this team really started kind of coming into its, um, into its own. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was so fun during uh, doing the living room and I know it exponentially like increased my sense of like premise and like really foundational skills for improv, which you know, like I'd been doing improv for a while at that point, but uh, didn't have a lot of experience with premise and felt mm-hmm. pretty like out of my comfort zone because I was very just organic player, like just do something and it'll happen. Yeah. But uh, this was this was a really awesome skill. And I felt like I got to build it with such great people and and uh, um, and learn it and feel good doing it. Yeah, I didn't have much experience doing it either and we also had a special workshop with jess ross come in um the fantastic jessica ross of asteroid fame uh she kind of did some some work with us um and then i started like putting my stick my nose in into the books and watching a lot of things and uh it's become one of my favorite ways to to play and it all came out of just seeing what i think you all could do well um, and just kind of growing along right there with you. Um, All right. So we're going along with the, with the living room. Things are fun. 
uh, well, a- Andrew moves. He moves in like mm-hmm. May or June of 2014. Yeah, I think his last show was like late May of 2014. Mm-hmm. And this is the third loss in a matter of about two two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew's great. Andrew is a, a very fun, very fun player. Um, yeah. Then we also have some issues with uh, Anthony, um, who has a very demanding job. Yeah. Uh, so he's pulled away for long periods of of time. Um, Wait, what, what's Anthony's job? Women's prisons in Arizona. He worked for um, a company that, uh, like, like used women. This is going to make it sound like it's much worse, than it, but it, but it used incarcerated women and like trained them to be call center reps. Okay, and would often uh, like hire them once they got out of prison. Also, yeah. I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it was like that good. Um, like I might be, <laughs> but only because. And I think we should maybe take a second. Can somebody describe like who Anthony is and was, and like just well, how much we support him? His his motorcycle picture. He was shirtless. Yeah. If that's a good starting point for who he was. Yeah. <laughs> I think a funny thing about Anthony was that like we. I think we liked to create stories about each other like that maybe weren't true but so anthony we had a story that he was just always dating supermodels and maybe two at a time and i feel like two (laughs) into that story and he would always be like "Ah, no 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 and then like two years in i think he came in and shared that he was dating a supermodel like it's somehow we were right all along without knowing we were right yeah, but I, cause I can back that up. Cause we live in the same neighborhood and I went to go to a show with him one time and we were going to take a lift there together, like an Uber. And I walked over to his apartment in my like stupid ass art teacher pants that I always wear. <laughs> and I'm like waiting outside his apartment with my like tote bag, drinking a beer. And his door opens up to his apartment or his like condo in Fishtown and three like gorgeous women walk out, like three stunning leggy, like TV women walk out and then Anthony after them. And he's like, ladies. And they're like, Oh my God, are you going to the show? And I was like, yeah. They're like, we met him last night. He's so funny. He told us to come to the show. And I got in a car with them. He got his jobs in a call center. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It was just like three gorgeous ladies and Anthony like drinking in his, in his house. That he just met them. It it tracked. Like that's why I think none of them no, was made up. And that's even better because yeah, it wasn't even that he came in and shared it. He was like found out to be really living. living. Yeah, yeah. So we were, but I think somehow that heightens it because we were always make fun of him as being like really nonchalant and like understated. And then in fact, he was so nonchalant and understated that the story we made up about him was totally true, and he never told us. Maybe we manifested it for him. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, let, 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 let's let, let before we get too far into like the myth of Anthony Carter, let's also say that there was not a sweeter guy on the planet. He was so, so nice, so thoughtful, mm-hmm. so caring. Yeah. It was a dream mm-hmm. to do improv with. Um, yeah, he and I came up together one hundred one through four hundred one, and got cast together. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not trying to like say that I'm as cool as him, but it was just like. <laughs> We were very much like we started in one on one together with Marby, and we had like a a pseudo rehearsal or an actual rehearsal at his house, which was the first time where we were juggling uh, because oh, Mike yeah. had tasked the whole group with learning juggling. Yeah, how's that going? 
<laughs> still working on it. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Do you still have your juggling balls? I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're yeah. Like my mother's house or something. My, Whoa. Those uh, are not you know, I don't know. No, these are not them, but I do have these juggling balls and I did not learn because of Mike. I knew before. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to do anything and everything I could do <laughs> to make this group of people uh, a more cohesive kind of, kind of uh, make it, make it a team. That's Were you I worried we didn't have anything in common so we could juggle and that would be our common thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one unifying factor is that, well, they can improvise, but they can juggle. <laughs> yeah. So Anthony, fantastic human being, just has a very demanding job. And it ultimately came to the point where uh, I had a conversation with him. We talked it through and it just made the most sense for him to step away. Uh, and it was kind of yo-yoing for a little bit until we finally just uh, uh, made that made that happen. We're down another one. What do we do? Does anybody remember this uh, this discussion? How, how that may have gone. I just want to reinforce that um, there was still continued pressure to, uh, you know, just cut the team uh, because we were down and losing so many members consistently. It was like, no, you, you got to cut the team. You got to end it. End it. That was one of the absolutely most frustrating experiences uh, was here you have this team that is doing really, really fun shows uh, to great reception. Uh, and because they don't have nine people, they got to go. Bye. And it was actually, it was more than that too, right? It was, there were a couple things going on. There was the fact that we didn't have nine people. We had, what were we at? Six, I think, or five? I think we might've been five, right? It was just uh, five, yeah. yeah. But there, it was, there was five of us. Um, also, the teams that we had been cast together with in 2013 were um, were looking to move up to Saturday as well. And then the other thing that was going on was there had there was this arbitrary rule created that once a team reached two years old, um, they that that team had to get cut. That 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 was the course that that team had run. And, um, so I remember like it being kind of like a huge rallying thing for us Yeah, where we were, we spent a, like maybe like three or four months feeling like we were, every show was being scrutinized and that we were going to get cut, um, and possibly get cut for reasons that had nothing to do with the product that we were putting on stage. And I think we all felt like, let's get out there and let's, uh, let's make it so that they, that if they cut us, it's an absolute outrage was at least. How I, felt. Uh, I, I, yeah. I felt like we were all kind of bonding over the fact that like, we were just like, we're, we might get cut and we're going to make them cut a really good team. Like we're going to make it seem insane that they cut us. Yeah. Uh, Cause there was also the, there, you had all that, but there was also the still feeling of we can't add people to to this. Um the other thing I kind of want to add to this whole dynamic is that a lot of us are on staff at the theater mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Um and so there was maybe I don't know if I'm making this up but I do feel like there's a perception of like oh they just are staying around because they're treating themselves preferentially. Yeah. Like 
Mike coaches the team. Kristen's now the improv producer. You know, Molly, I'm not sure when you came on as, uh, uh, I mean, I know you were education director later, but yeah. David, you were registrar for a little bit, right? Or, wow. uh, yeah. Oh, I was production coordinator at this time, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and then we were bouncing around for a little while because we didn't want to just add somebody to add somebody because we were already, we were still doing good shows, but we were looking for and thinking about someone who would be just like, of course, this person's going to be on this team. Uh, yeah. Something that felt like really natural and yeah. like somebody who we felt like would uh, just keep pace right away, just fall in step. Uh, um, I feel like every time we talked about adding someone to the team though, that we, I feel like we had 10,000 conversations about adding someone to the team and they would always stall out because we wanted a, like a unanimous name. Like mm-hmm. we wanted a name that we were like, all like Kristen said before, that we were all immediately like, yep, this person. Mm-hmm. So I remember like after shows consistently, Mike being like, we should really think about who we'd want to add. And like us not coming up with names and being like, all right, well, that's another month where we didn't add anybody. <laughs> and we're just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, at this point, were you already on study hall? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So- you were on study hall. You were performing with David, uh, performing with Molly. Molly, were you on the study with study hall at this point? I don't think so. No. Um, I think you maybe. joined study hall, Molly, right before I joined the future. Because right. I, I remember by the time I was on the future, I, I thought like, this is great. I, I've already played with all of these people. Oh, regularly. that is right. Yeah, yeah. It was right around the same time. Yeah. We had yeah. played together a bit. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and that was one of the main things is that uh, with with you, Rob, we had somebody who, for the most part, has has or is currently playing with uh, and practicing with uh, people on the team as we speak. At the which time. I which I want to say could work for somebody or could work against somebody. And in the case of Rob, it absolutely worked for him because everybody who played with him just like a hundred percent. Was yeah. like, yes, yeah, I found an email exchange. Can I read excerpts of it? Yes, please. Yeah. So this is an email that Marby sent on April 3rd of 2016, where he said, I want to visit, revisit the idea of adding someone to the team, specifically Rob O'Neill, blah, blah, blah. He plays the style in study hall. He's smart, positive, easy to work with, and already plays with most of you in other projects. It also helps build up our numbers a bit, but not for the sole purpose of building numbers. I think it makes us even stronger. And then we chimed in. Kristen said, guys, I'm down. And then she responded to her own email saying, meaning like really good with it and excited, not like sad. And uh, <laughs> Molly said, I think because of the nature, image, actual pictures of our team, it feels weird to add anyone, but it feels like the least weird, almost not weird at all to add Rob. I love playing with him. And I think he'd fall in pretty easily. And yeah, people, uh, Jesus said really nice things about Rob. He's a terrific player and a real life sweetheart. Oh, yeah. I I also was in support of Rob. <laughs> so <it was> really- <laughs> But, but yeah, yeah I think you guys, that's yeah, one of the yeah. nicest things in the world because like, I don't know, it's, that's just very touching to hear all of that stuff. But it was also such an honor to be asked to join the future because I, so I missed a lot of the stuff that we've already covered and talked about. This is all like fresh information for me. I may have heard like bits and pieces of it before, but to hear like the whole history of the team, it's a lot of stuff I didn't know because I wasn't there for it. Um, cause I started, I studied at UCB in 2010 
And then um, I did all the levels there. I was on an indie team in New York for a little while, even though I was living in Philly. And then um, I got involved with Fit in 2013. And I remember seeing the future when it was, I think, the or- original team, because I saw you guys at the Shubin. But I don't remember the shows so much as, as I do once you started doing the living room. Because I think the future doing the living room is nice because it makes it feel so informal. Um, and that's sort of how, even though there is we can find structure within it. A future show is very informal. That's kind of what makes it fun. And so easy, easy going. It's like a big game of follow the follower, which is also what I found during my first practice with you guys was, I think the first thing that happened was um, a warm up, and Mike didn't, I don't think you said what the warm up was. You were just <laughs> like, Hey guys, warm up. And I was like, Oh, they just, that doesn't mean anything necessarily. They're just going to warm up. <laughs> Something's going to happen. And we're going to turn it into something because we're all just paying attention and, and listening to each other. Um, Amen. So fun. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me if this, is this a fair description? This is, I guess, not for you, Rob, but for everybody else. Is Rob the closest person on our team to like a Jedi in the sense that like when we do improv, it just always felt like Rob was like, whatever you threw at him, like it just got caught and just dealt with and handled expertly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think of him as a cleanup man. Uh, like, uh, you know, like he could walk into any scene and just tighten that shit up, focus mm-hmm. it, uh, and clean up any mess that the rest of us made. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But also, also remember when Rob plays like really goofy, weird characters, they're also just like 10 times funnier than most people doing that. So he was only playing cleanup because like I or we would give him something that he had to clean up. But when he didn't have to clean up, he was also doing amazing stuff. Yeah, he would be like some like Bayou stepchild. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> one eye cross somehow. Yeah, just like making like statements off to the side that made the whole scene way less boring and way more fun. Yeah, yeah. somebody in a caftan somewhere. <laughs> uh, so we we have the future. We have the team that then has run for the next four or so four plus years beyond that point. One of the things that I think has come to define the future, at least as far as I'm concerned, and maybe for for you all, is everybody's in every scene. Uh, group, <laughs> group games in general, and I just want to hear your your thoughts and feelings on on that aspect of of this team. Because when I'm teaching, I would talk about the the future and say you have to go see them whenever we recover group games. You have to see how they do things, how they find a way to get involved in the scenes in a way that seems right in the moment. I I would say like, I think a thing that really uh, helps, I, I think the thing that for me is the distinction between when a team is like a senior team versus like a newer team is when they start to realize what their strengths are and like where they have the most fun and just lean into those things as opposed to trying to like perfect a form or trying to really like get into like a technical aspect. And I think like the moment we realize that we all just really genuinely love being in every single scene and giving ourselves permission to be in every single scene was like, I don't know, that was one of my favorite things where we were just kind of like, we, this is what we like doing. So we're just going to do it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, like fuck the fact that we should probably 
uh, ease up on some of this. And some of these go really long and get really sloppy and weird. Like this is how we have the most fun. And this is when we're playing our strongest. And like, that's my, that's still my favorite thing to do with you guys is to all be in every single scene all the time. Yeah. I like, I like the way it frames improv too, which is like, you know how they say when, even if you're on the sidelines to, you know, be in position and be ready because you, the scene might need you to be in it. I feel like we all play where we're constantly like figuring out a way to go into that scene. Not necessarily that we should, um, cause I've definitely like, I've walked my ass into some scenes that I didn't have any business being in, but like we're all ready to go. Like we all want to be in it. So we're just, it's not a matter of. It's just a matter of looking for the best way to go to get into it. We're, we're all people that like surprises. Um, <laughs> and uh, no better opportunity for a surprise when six people are on stage making something up at the same time. Uh, so, so I think that was definitely a factor there. And to echo Caitlin's uh, sentiment about like newer teams versus teams that have been around for a while. Like, yeah, there's all this consternation of like, well, what form are we doing tonight? You know, what are we, what are we doing when you're a newer team? Uh, but I've always felt very uh, easy with the future of like, let's just see what happens uh, when we kind of step out there. And uh, for a while, we kind of just had as a set rule, like we just know that the first scene is going to have all of us in it. And then after that, we don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it really defines like ensemble. Um, you know, the way that we played those first scenes, but also the way that we play the rest of the show, because we are all taking care of the show at every moment. And whether that means letting one person or a specific scene shine or supporting that scene by entering it, you know? Um, yeah. And just to clarify what Kristen means, when we say let one person shine, we mean like Kristen sing songs. Uh, and we mean Caitlin, like uh, narrate old timey letters. <laughs> Like sort of like front stage. Those are usually two of the things that we let people do. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite things that Kristen would do before a show too. Um, which she used to be like, guys, I think this show, I really want to do X. And we would all be like, yeah, I think this show would be really nice if we did X. Not to say that we're like planning scenes, but it was just such a nice like intention setting aspect of it. I'm just being like, oh yeah, for improv being a thing that we're all making up, and we don't have total control over, there are a lot of things that we do have control over. And like one of one of those things is how much fun we're going to have and what like fun things we're going to give ourselves to play. So I think even like our last show when we kind of tried to hit like the bingo card of all of the things that we like doing, like, I, I don't know, I think that's just such a fun way to play. Yeah. And what I appreciate also is I just never... I guess early on, and I saw an email from Mike from early on where Mike was checking in on me because I, I had been like not participating in a show and I was like, I'm in an improv funk and all this. But I remember with our, like for just a long time with our shows, never worrying about whether it was a good show or not because we had fun. And I just feel like that fills in a lot of the gaps that a younger team like has of being all like, it's got to be good. Yeah. Um, and I think that, um, you know, we talked about the group like group scenes and stuff like that and the living room. And um, both of those things also allowed us to do first, because like living room is also all of us as a group on stage participating and both of those um, things. And I think um, the living room then led into when we got rid of it, you know, this being an aspect of us is that I think that um, people got to know us very quickly 
And, uh, you know, part of the reason that our living room worked was because we enjoyed each other. We enjoyed conversing with each other. We enjoyed learning about each other. And then the elements that we took from that group thing into our next group thing was that we were still um, kind of uh, immediately impressing our personalities onto the show, uh, which was always so joyful. Yeah, I also just think, you know, I, I've loved many teams I've been on, but there is, there is not to be mushy about it, but there is a lightning in a bottle aspect to it too. It's like, you can't, no matter how long you're with certain teams, some teams aren't those teams that can all be in a, in a scene together and it's going to work, you know, every time. And and I think there, there was just something really special about knowing that like, you can, you, you, whether you talk or not in the scene, whether you do anything at all, like, that you're you can you're just a part of every single every single thing that happens on the stage and I, I, I something about that like goes beyond any improv thing for me personally um and it's just something very particular to this group of people mm-hmm. yeah and we all and like probably over the course of our existence now like the six of us have probably done shows with every maybe not every possible permutation but like I feel like every like there have been enough uh, shows where it was just three of us there that we've certainly had like a lot of huge per- permutations. And one of the things that I always found, no matter what the permutation was, was that it still felt like this was a future show and not like just a show with like some members of the future. Um, obviously, we're, we're at our strongest with the full group, but like we whatever color we played in, we played in that color no matter how many people were there. Yeah, with the exception of the David and the ladies shows. <laughs> I just remember, like, a number or a handful of shows that we did where it was like, uh, David's the only, you know, male-bodied person that like, yeah. is available besides, you know, Molly, Caitlin, and I. And it was, it was just, like, just always, I mean, I agree uh, in, you know, very much with David's sentiment. And our, our three-person shows that, yeah. And uh, especially like going down to festivals when not everybody is able to travel totally understandably, we would end up with three person iterations of the team and man, they were always just so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like always. So we were having uh, attendance issues uh, for practices, for shows. Uh, So again, that feeling from the theater of okay sure they're doing shows that are fantastic they're selling a lot of tickets but there's only three of them they gotta go it came to a point where um the future's been on saturdays for a long time big baby's been on saturdays for a long time there's a bottleneck of people that want to you know perform on saturdays uh and at the time fit is also looking to expand nights so Molly, you could probably speak to this, and I think David uh, as well, um, being more involved, uh, and of course, Kristen, uh, to the artistic side of of things. Um, but I still remember having to fight for not getting this team cut, and instead, um, like, okay, I don't think that this team should be moved from Saturdays, but the option can't be to cut. Like, let's see if people can move to a different night. That's not the preferred option. The preferred option is to stay on Saturday where they belong. But let's see what that can do. And I think it was Tuesday nights with with Big Baby, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How did that go over with people? Um, well, I mean, I just, I, I, first of all, I remember that you, Mike, um, uh, to your credit, what were, this was the one that I felt like we were a little bit ahead of, right? Like we, like you, you kind of started this conversation about, Hey, we should, we should move to Tuesdays. Um, like before, like we were a hundred percent on the chopping block. We had been like, we were like, what is like, this was like around the time that Rob joined, right? Like this was like maybe a year into Rob joining uh-huh. and, uh, or half, six months even into Rob joining. And like, you know, it was now we'd been on this team for like four or five years, Saturday nights. It was like people have lives. Um, and also, and also everybody, you know, there, there have been now probably 10 new teams created at the theater, all of whom are chomping at the bit to perform on Saturday nights are looking at this team of people who are now the old people at the theater. Um, <laughs> and are, are, you know, looking at us like we have preferential treatment. So it made sense to just like cut and run, I think. Yeah. And also, Caitlin, you had just like, you had just started a new job, right? So it was like perfect timing, right? I feel like I had. Yeah. I think it was that. I think it's also just like, like you said, like if you're performing on Saturdays for a million years, for me, it was just like, I had at that point alienated every other friend who was not an improv friend. Because I yeah. missed so many things because we were just like performing every Saturday night. So for me, like the idea that we could build up an audience on our own on a Tuesday where I'm like, I never have anything happening ever. Yeah. That's great. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Kristen. I was just going to say, I didn't care as long as we got to keep playing with each other, you know? Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it, so the, I think it was September of 2016. I'm looking over my wall at the Big Baby in the Future poster. So you moved to Tuesday nights, September 2016 with your sibling team with Big Baby. Things are going pretty well. Uh, we get to, and, and during this time, uh, I, uh, start getting some kind of underlying health issues. Uh, in the summer of 2016 and then leading, definitely increasing into uh, the fall uh, and winter um, where my energy is just not there. Uh, my attention kind of gets um, pulled away uh, and we, uh, or I just get to the point where I email the team and just bow out uh, and just say like some things going on. This is this is a fine time for for this to happen. Uh, it's been a good a good run. I'm working with all of you in multiple capacities, uh, so I'm not really going anywhere. Uh, and at that point, I feel like I was because of, there were so many practice issues. Uh, I was more facilitating practice. I had become less of a director uh, and more of a of a coach at that point. Uh, and I feel like every, the team was at a at a point where things were things were okay. And it's like, all right, they can they can do without me. Yeah, I wasn't privy to like I got some emails back from people, um, but what was the discussion at that point? You had just moved. I left the I left the team. I feel like I remember it similarly to when we were talking about any conversation we had about a new coach moving forward was similar to the conversations we had about adding people, which were just like, we don't know who, like we couldn't come up with like a resounding, like this is the person we want us to coach, to like coach us. We like, I remember, I think we like tried some people on 
Like we like we basically I think I think one thing was that we still couldn't like create a um a consistent practice schedule. So that was always a thing. And then yeah, and then I think we kind of decided like let's just like invite people when we can practice. And we did like a couple months of just like one-offs with people that we liked. So yeah, I think where we landed was we put together a list of names of people that we all thought we could benefit from their coaching. And I would email and reach out and say, we'd like to book you for three practices. Here's how much money. And these are the dates. And uh, um, I, I do remember one of the practices at this time um, with, with Maggie uh, Keegan and uh, building off of like the tremendous gift that Mike gave us. Maggie really um, gave us like an intensive practice round where I think it was really crucial to our morale as a team at that time. And also to, uh, you know, just shaping the team going forward. She, she really took time to point out everybody's like strengths and have us. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember that cause I, I took a three month hiatus in the fall of 2016 because mm-hmm. like grad because uh like pig iron grad school was too intense and so i remember coming back and i i so i don't remember the timeline like, i think i left is that kind of shortly after rob joined mike i don't know if you bowed out while i was not doing shows or something but i just remember yeah that practice with maggie was shortly after i came back and it was validating because she just got us to say like what we liked about playing with each other which is useful to remember mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that whole practice was just us doing scenes that we thought the other people would like to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was sending uh, I was sending uh, emails to like Nick Gillette to have him come and work with us, and you know, people on the list uh, like Tara Demi and all these folks, and we got a couple of those practices in, and then. Uh, correct me if this is moving too fast or if I'm wrong about this. And then we decided like, let's just think about newer people in the community who we think uh, might eventually be like great coaches or we see some promise in. And even though it might be intimidating uh, to, to coach us, uh, like let's give them a shot. And we had aligned our practice time right before our Monday night show uh, so that we could minimize like, time that we were spending at the theater and make sure that we were all available. And, and we had some amazing people come in and coach us through some of their, maybe their first coaching sessions ever, but they were always really great. That's exactly right. Cause we had like, I think we probably had like a list of people that like we would really love to work with. A lot of them weren't available or were in New- there were even some people in New York and other cities that we wanted to do workshops with. And then yeah, I liked when we started bringing it. We were like, well, if we can't have the best, let's get the fu- the best of the future for the available. future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think it was intimidating for some of those people, which is funny because I think we're like the most easygoing, nicest bunch of people. But I think I, I, it's, it's intimidating coaching for, you know, one of your first times. But um, I found those really fun and helpful. And I, lo- I, I liked doing... I liked doing like a, a, an hour and a half practice and then going right on stage. Um, I thought that was fun to keep up that momentum. 
And no, I'm just trying to remember when when did Big Baby end and we made that switch to Mondays? Yeah, we're looking at February of 2018. So I'm going through my email. <laughs> and the future presents starting Mondays at 9 p.m. in February. So that's when we started. So, David, you were gone. Yeah. Whoa. Because that was an important phase, too. Because we were yeah. like, let's mm-hmm. just propose. We took turns proposing what kind of show we would do, like what form. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some like a pretty wide array of different things like where we all had to make pancakes right we took turns making pancakes that's successful grilled cheese yeah the cafeteria right yeah yeah that's another great uh, that's another great example of how informal our shows could be you know how the shows kind of almost felt like practice because I love when the audience would be coming in but we were already on stage making food for them just being like, hey, come on in, sit down, make yourself comfortable. Like, I just, that's the best way to open a show as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one practice, uh, I remember Marsley ran the practice, and it happened to be the practice before we did One of Us is Drunk. And <laughs> I had to apologize to Marsley because I was already a couple of drinks in because I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> that night that was drunk. So I, I at least had enough presence of mind at the top of that practice to say, Hey, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I mean, no uh, disrespect to you at all, uh, but I'm going to be drinking throughout the practice and uh, I'm already fairly drunk. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't want to uh, skip over this because it is another milestone in the team, two pretty rapid milestones with David moving um like a jerk uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then also doing an hour uh so i want to hear a little bit about what was going through your heads was there discussion about ending versus continuing and what does that show look like i i I think for me personally i i think ending definitely came up um just because i think you know at that point, it was like we we had our not to say anybody was less important before this, but it was like once it was the six of us, it was like, OK, this is really the team and losing one of the six was really hard. But I also think we've had this sense of I personally had the sense of like, but I'm not I'm not done with this. Like I, I, I wanted more still. I was still hungry for more um, and creating our own very stupid hour where we could do anything seemed like the only solution to me. Mm-hmm. So you're doing this, the future, future presents where you just make up an hour. Um, one of the ones I remember at least once, Fred, you're playing music throughout, uh, cafeteria, we're cooking. Uh, what are some of the other, other, well, the one of us is drunk. What else? There's a, didn't Rob pitch a blind date one where everybody brought a date? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. That was fun. When was Tiv's, um, when was that? That was towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> we need to give a whole special, uh, like, <laughs> for Tibbs. Oh, yeah. the And the reason that came out in Tibbs, this is very serious, mm-hmm. was I kept pushing for the future to do a run of something. Um, and I think you all came up with that. Uh, this is very serious idea when we could do it as a as a run. I think it was even pitched with dates. And in classic fashion, nothing came of it. 
Um, <laughs> um, it felt like it was pitched for like years. I feel like mm-hmm. we pitched it consecutively for like two or three years. Yeah. We started talking about it in 2014, I think. <laughs> yeah. Which feels very true somehow to like the, the reality of that show. So that's a show where the conceit is we're all very like serious theater artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that group of people, like that troupe, probably would have had a sort of that history of trying to get the show going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also had Kayla Master do a photo shoot for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we added Robin later to that image, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. It was like a really quality photo shoot. I think Rob's picture was like taken on like an old phone or something. And we just cut out his head and put it in. Uh, I think it was from the space uh, galaxy, uncherished galaxy. Caitlin, what's the title? It's you got it. It's a galaxy uncherished. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's a picture from my shitty phone. (laughs) I have the same phone. (laughs) You got the same phone. (laughs) I do. I've had this phone since 2016. Caitlin's Uh, like, designer and always comes up with like super cool stuff <laughs> like the the big baby in the future poster and video oh, yeah super awesome and that was all you and yeah uh, do you remember when we filmed the we took pictures for the big baby in the future poster and we had everybody eat a taco yeah. and we told meredith we were like we're going to speed up the footage so like eat a taco and i think like everyone else like kind of like really hammed up eating the taco. Meredith, in two bites, ate the taco, like, so freakishly fast. It was like, I can't even speed up this footage. It's going to look like nothing happened. Birthday. It's your birthday. They ask me what I do and who I do it for and how I come up with this shit up in the studio. All I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe. All I want for my birthday is a so you're doing these future presents it moved from uh started with big baby in the future on tuesdays and then the future presents on monday nights for a good while Kristen got an opportunity to take a job in portland at the curious comedy theater uh so i'm curious Kristen. uh (laughs) How, I mean, of course I know some of these things. We know some of these things, but what's going through your head, uh, specifically as it pertains to the future um, and this move? Uh, I mean, there were a a lot of things that made leaving Philadelphia difficult. Uh, The general improv community being, you know, one of them that was high up on the list, but uh, the future kind of, is beyond that category. Um, uh, it was really just a group of people that, I mean, I'm like getting emotional talking about it now that, uh, and I just, <laughs> I loved and like felt like I had this, uh, place that I could play with people who, um, really, um, were very talented and, uh, really understood each other and it really felt like a home and like a team. And so, uh, it was really tough to leave, uh, the future in particular, but 
one of the things that gave me hope was that, you know, by that point we had already started traveling and doing festivals. And I just hoped that, uh, you know, that would continue. Um, and that, uh, even though we were kind of all, uh, uh, separated, uh, it, it wouldn't necessarily mean that we were done as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, in that time, even before we even got to that point, there was the five year anniversary show, right? <laughs> yeah. There was, uh, there was David's going, uh, away show, <clears throat> which was, uh, in November of what, 2017, where David had everybody, David, do you want to describe what you did for this show? Yeah. Um, sure. Um, it was, um, it was kind of my dream show actually, um, which was, was cool. Um, but, um, I, <clears throat> I, over the time I was in Philadelphia, got really lucky, um, in that I got to um, participate in some projects, all of which lasted a pretty long time, um, that were exciting and, um, fulfilling and all super different. And, uh, so I requested for my going away show, um, that the worlds that I had gotten to, uh, be a part of, you know, doing improv, uh, would all merge a little bit. And so the format of the show was, um, I, started performing with one group and um, at certain time cues um, a different group that I had spent a lot of time with would join. And then the two groups would kind of be together for a while. And then uh, the original group would leave. And so by repeating that process um, three times over, first time was with you, Mike and my sister Um which was kind of a, a, that was a little bit of a mashup of just the two, uh, uh, two of the longer term duos I did, um, followed by, um, uh, I think next was, uh, American Express, which was, um, the, uh, the kind of, uh, all black team that, uh, I was a part of. And then, uh, DGDK, which was this really fun, like, um, rhythm and music based group I was in. And finally the future came out, uh, enjoyed. Um, and it was just, I mean, it was like, you know, I was a pig in shit that day because it was just like, um, it was so fun, but even, you know, even a show like that, um, was so, um, in, uh, instructors may not the right word, illustrative perhaps of, of, what the difference is between the future and all those other teams, because there's so much going on and there was, you know, and there were so many sets and so many things, but then when the future came out, it was just like, it was just like getting onto a lazy river and just you're like, this is, this is the, this is a team that I could do on shows with forever. And that has borne out to be true. As Kristen said, you know, in festivals and stuff like that. Sometimes we don't see each other for a couple of months and then we get back together and are able to recapture what we have. Um, man, that was a great night. Yeah. Uh, we didn't quite touch on it when it came up the first time. Uh, how did, how did you feel leaving? Uh, or I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Well, I mean, it was, um, it, it was, it was really tough. Um, because, 
uh, you know, Philadelphia and being on this team had, you know, given me a lot of uh, uh, so many things. Uh, And it was, you know, I, I think if I could give one piece of advice to anybody in their twenties or anybody who's approaching their twenties now that I'm out of them, it would be just like find a group of people or find a, find, you know, a person uh, with whom you can make a, some kind of creative home with. If if you're trying to, you know, live a creative life, uh, find those people that you can make that home with in your twenties and fucking like, don't worry about, I mean, you know, make money, live and stuff like that. But like, don't worry about the commercial stuff too hard. Just like worry about like what's good for you. That said, I left because um, I wanted to try and make a red cent out of this comedy stuff. <laughs> so uh, the, um, you know, that, that, that was the, you know, that, that was the shameless reason why I, I, I left Philadelphia. Um, Cause you know, if I, if I had been making good money out there, I would never have left. Sure. Yeah, uh, the team is not at a lack of people who have left. Uh, so uh, there, are, there are two more. Fred or Molly, which, which of you left first? Fred? Fred left first. Uh, so, I, le- I left first. Yeah, uh, so uh, same, same idea, same thought. Um, at this point, there are multiple people who have, who have gone. What's, what's happening in, in Fred Head? Well, I think we knew the team was going to end, right? Is that true? Yeah. So, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess you mean related to the team or leaving Philly in general? I grew up outside of Philly. I lived in Philly uh, for 13 years of my adult life. So I was ready to kind of, like, leave, I think. But uh, if the future hadn't been ending, it would have been a lot harder to leave. And if the and this is serious, it sounds like a joke. But if the guy who cut my hair for ten years hadn't left a few months before I left, it also would have been hard to leave. So, I, and then also my family lives near Philly, but um, <laughs> that is kind of serious, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, what am I? I? I don't have the thing. I mean, I moved to Ithaca, New York, so I moved here because my wife Gina wanted to study herbalism. So it wasn't like an improv-related move at all. And in fact, it took me, it's taken me like kind of farther from all the like cool art stuff that I was involved in in Philly, but it's also given me a challenge to see if I can grow those things myself or if all the things that I got in Philly were just a matter of luck, which I always suspected they were. Um, so yeah, those are some thoughts about the move. Okay. Very sad. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Didn't we all, what, what show was it that we all stood around and like cried and drank champagne before the show? Uh, Which one? All of them? Was that, that all would be of them? the the final? Well, yeah, it, it was at this point. It's many of them. But before we get there, I want to talk to Molly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because Molly, correct me if I'm wrong. You're you left after the last future show had already happened, right? Oh yeah, well after. Yeah. We ended in 2018, right? At the end of 2018, Kristen, you moved in November. Is that uh, September? September. September. Yeah. yeah, I'm conflating David and Kristen's move. Um, oh, because yeah, also so Molly's final show, like some of us were online for. Yes. And right. it was kind of a disaster. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, compared to David's dream of a last show, mine was a disaster. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it was not. But, 
yeah, I, I think echoing Fred, uh, had the future not ended, I don't, I don't know. It would have been so much harder to make that choice when I did, because I didn't, I didn't have a deadline of any sorts pulling me anywhere. It was a personal growth move uh, to Chicago um, because I'd never lived anywhere other than Philly and 30 minutes outside of Philly. So for me, I don't, I don't know that I would live here. At least not move here when I did, if it weren't for the future ending when it did as sad as that was. Um, And knowing that we would, we still continued to do festivals after people left and have done festivals since I've moved here. That's always been a just very helpful um, sort of, support of my whole life in many ways of just this like a cornerstone to rely on so I think that really helps with the with the move Mm -hmm. um in many ways I didn't have to have that sad moment of of uh leaving when we were doing any kind of weekly show yeah Uh, can I ask a question yeah Molly did was there any extent to which the future being a team affected your college decision because it came down to two schools right Um, I will say the looming student debt was my biggest factor. Um, I think, (laughs) um, um, knowing that I would have no student debt going to school in Philly versus, um, uh, tons and tons of it going to school in New York. I, that really led it to be honest, but, um, because I think at that time, uh, to throw yeah, yeah, back yeah. to hour one, we weren't right. necessarily in the hottest spot. Uh, but we're really lucky. <laughs> we're we're so lucky that, that, yeah. that you, tr- yeah. Because if you had gone to school somewhere else. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think ultimately it did. And I do remember having conversations with certain people, like people on the team about how happy I was to be staying um, for that reason, too. So. I'm sure it played an, an underlying factor. I think at the very least, because my first choice wasn't to stay in Philly, it made that choice more exciting to me when I made it. Okay. Jokes on you though, Molly, because student debt's getting canceled anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Stupid. Could you imagine where I'd be with an NYU degree right now? <laughs> <laughs> we mean our, our four of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Molly, your last show, I think, as Fred had m- mentioned a moment ago, was a little different than the the others in a couple different ways. Um, mm-hmm. One was everybody was present in one way or another, right? Uh, yeah. Some people were online, so. some people yeah. were in person. Yeah, I was I was in there too, which was which was a nice um, nice surprise um, to get to get to do that because um, I never. What's that? That was nice for you, wasn't it, Molly? <laughs> Surprise for Molly. Hey, no. I did not push my way into that at all. Because um, I had never played with uh, you. Uh, I never played with Asteroid. Haven't done a show with, um, other than the online stuff, haven't done anything with Study Hall. So the future is the only uh, team that I actually played a show with. Yeah, a lot of teams used to, um, especially when they were ending, have their coach uh, play in with them. But never, never Mike Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I was never extended to you. Because no, that way, if the last show stinks, I'm a little more removed from it. Caitlin, Rob, so thank you for staying. Thank you for being here uh, in Philadelphia for me specifically. Um, 
yeah, I mean, like several people have have gone. Do you have any thoughts? I'm happy for everybody. Right. I'm I'm not. I'm very bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm furious all the time. No, I think it's a really hard part of um, being part of Philadelphia's improv scene is uh, like the the joy of meeting these people who you feel like you work so well with creatively and just knowing that they're so talented, they're going to leave probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it always, I mean, I started doing stuff in 2010 <clears throat> and it just felt like a constant, like you just are waiting for who's going to leave next. And it's always a little bit heartbreaking and it always feels a little bit like there's the bargaining phase is so real where you're like, well, maybe like David says he's moving, but maybe he's not really moving or he's going to move just for a little bit. I've certainly threatened enough over the course of our time in the future. So like we were kind of prepared, but not, not totally. And I feel like every time a person moved, I always wanted to be like, okay, but you know, you can come back, right? Like if you move, you don't have to stay in that place forever. You're allowed to move back. And if you don't want us to talk about how you move back, none of us will say anything, but it's, it's not a big deal if you just move back. Um, and yeah, I love Philadelphia and I love being like doing improv here, but like, it's such a, a blow when people move because you just realize the thing you loved about it was the people you were doing it with. Um, and then you just get like really old and then you don't do shows anymore. It's so sad. And then you're in quarantine and it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. I, I like um we're we're the kind of people though that like as soon as we see each other on a webcam or as soon as we see each other out of you know an airbnb for a festival like it's as though no time has passed so i do really like that and i'm also realizing as we've been doing this and going over memories there's a lot of stuff that i forget that was like the I think I only remember the good fun parts. Like I forgot that Fred had stepped away from the team for a little while when he started doing pig iron. I for- completely forgot that Marby wasn't officially our coach ever. <laughs> um, uh, I knew you had health problems, but I forgot yeah. that that was like a thing. Like, of course you were always our coach yeah, and you, you always have been, you always will be. Uh, but I think, like, I I appreciate, no, like, I don't mind that all of you are all spread out because I know that I can, if I ever need you, I can call on you at a moment's note. Like, you know, you're always, we're connected. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of like that we've kind of spread our tendrils throughout the nation a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for the future, maybe. Yeah, there's this web of um, air mattresses across the country. <laughs> yes knows uh has their name on it yeah um i think one i was gonna say i think one thing that's just to be noted is that as rob is saying things like tendrils at the end he's drinking out of a a wine glass he's drinking (laughs) wine mixed with soda i can't tell it's a bourbon and coke (laughs) (laughs) i had a happy hour a few hours before this so (laughs) in fairness all right so the last future present show which was essentially the last of the regular performances was it everybody but david there is that yeah mm-hmm. um so for the for those folks um yeah i mean we can kind of we talked a little bit about it but how's that final show feel even though we know that there are other things and we're going to see each other and, and do other things was that the drum line mm-hmm. it was the drum line yeah okay. so I think that's- I was- go ahead ma Oh no, I, I was just gonna say, I think that's the closest to a, like a rock star I'll ever feel like. Like, just just in that, like, 
one, it was a very packed theater and that was so exciting and everybody was very into it. But just that, that like you could do anything. It was like watching a teacher do a talent show. Uh, <laughs> like where it's like, oh my God, <laughs> they walked across the stage. <laughs> like that's how it felt, which was just such a warm and lovely way to yeah. to, to end. But that's like, so it was just like, no matter what, it's like, oh, okay, great. And I, you can't fuck this up. It was it was awesome. So I was in a weird headspace uh, before the show because uh, my mom was uh, in critical condition in the hospital, uh, having at that time kind of not quite recovered from uh, heart surgery, and uh, I felt very torn. And I was like, "What? What should I do?" Because I really didn't know what was going on, and knowing that like I couldn't like go see her or anything uh, necessarily. Um, so I was like, kind of not sure if I was going to be in a state to do the show, but this is just something that speaks to the team because everybody was just like, uh, we're, we're all here and you know, nobody can do any wrong. It'd just be here. And we would just walked out on stage and did, did a show. And like, I, I barely remember it partly because of what Molly was talking about. Like the audience was just so supportive and everybody was just there, Um, you know, and also partly because of what I was going through, but I really felt the support of the team and the fucking end of that show was amazing uh, with the, with the marching band. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, the Mart, the band was so fun because Molly and I, like, I remember just looking at Molly just because, we had like so specifically tried to plan out like, okay, the band will come exactly as soon as it's over and they'll like, they'll just come immediately as soon as the show's done and they'll lead everybody out and they didn't come right away. So we were just clapping, but like looking and clapping and looking to see if they would come. And they were like, well, I guess they're not coming. It was, there's such an awkward transition into how that actually happened. And what started to happen is people actually started to leave and then we're pushed back in by the marching band. But everyone yeah. had like stood and was slightly removed from their seat. So they sort of stood as the marching band did, like maybe like six minutes of performance on the stage while people were like, okay, do we stay for this? And then they let everyone. And it was like also, delightfully uh, confusing. When they pushed people back in, the first guy came in, had like that like all silver mask on. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of scary. Like it wasn't yeah. like cool, like high school marching band. It was like spooky <laughs> death marching band. And it was the uh, the Elmo marching band that goes around yeah. the city. Yeah, yeah it's who you, who you rock with. Yeah. Uh, and it should also be noted that because this show kind of came together rather quickly, there weren't the, it, it wasn't, in the best of slots. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was a Friday night at 11 p.m. So great. So, yeah, it was definitely 11. Yeah, so the marching band was at or after midnight. Yep. All the way down, uh, where did it end up? Like a semi residential neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We walked to O'Shea's. O'Shea's. Yeah. Which was amazing. That was so cool outside watching them perform. And a lot of the audience walked down with us and with the band. And everyone was just gathered around outside, like standing in the street. I feel like we were blocking traffic, right? Where they yeah. were there. Mm-hmm. But it was like a real, it was a fun moment. It was, yeah. it was magic. 
my my therapist was very excited for us because she lives right there so she and i was like there's going there's going to be a band really late at night and she's like oh i can't wait she's so excited for us. <laughs> did your therapist ever comes to you perform uh yes yeah, she she saw my one woman show oh um yeah really gave her some insight into my brain the baseball one As far as final shows go, uh, you can't really top a uh, Elmo marching band leading an entire audience to a bar for a dance party. So Mm -hmm. that's always fun. Um, I do also, I just want to say, I know we talked about it briefly, but just the, the time before that show where it was just us in the main stage, like drinking that bottle of champagne but you had to say something nice before you took a sip was <laughs> is like such a special memory in my heart uh and I think perfectly sums up like this team to me of like just so genuine and I think it's like to say that much nice stuff can it was like just very vulnerable and I don't know it was just it was such a special moment from that show that I think really set up the rest of the night as well mm-hmm. yeah it was a good time. All right. So we talked all about the life of the future. We talked all about these festival, fun festival stories that span the entire life of the future. Um, is it safe to say that once people are allowed to gather again, that there will be more festivals, that there will be more reunion shows here in Philly? Yeah, we, we would have been in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last, yeah. Not this past weekend, but the weekend before, yeah. But that's in the fall now. Oh, cool. I think. They didn't choose Oh, it. did they, they move it? They, they just said it was postponed and they were hoping for the fall. Hope everyone on the on the podcast can get their tickets to Chicago. Um, everyone who's listening, come see our show sometime in the fall. <laughs> You'll be in seven. the fall in Chicago. In the fall in Chicago. <laughs> Uh, so, was, go ahead, Rob. Was there also a Portland festival on the books? Did they? Is there a date for that, Kristen? So they had to cancel, sadly, 2020. Um, uh, but I'm sure if the future wanted to apply, you all would have uh, places to stay. Fred and uh, David came to do the festival with me last time. We had an amazing uh, show. Uh, it was really fun. And yeah. So I'd love to have everybody out um, to come. And guys, you're allowed to come back to Philadelphia whenever. Yeah. And then I think as long as at least one person from out of town comes back, we can do a future show. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and Caitlin and I. More so. What was that, David? We'll see if that courtesy is still extended. What was that courtesy? I said Mike's um, not on the director anymore, so we'll see if that courtesy is still exciting. Yeah, we don't have a, a man on the inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, look, looking. <laughs> all right. We don't have a man on the inside. Leave <laughs> <laughs> me alone. <laughs> all right. So looking back on everything, the team has had a pretty bumpy road at times. Uh, but has not just survived all of that uh, for years at this point, but has thrived. So th- with that in mind, thinking if there's anybody listening to this that is on a team right now, what do you think makes that work? 
I mean, I just want to say that, you know, you may have your ambitions in comedy. You may have, you know, uh, things that are very important and passions along the lines of improv and your pursuits there, but nothing matters more than the people that you work with and remembering that they're people and that they're friends. They're not just, um, you know, people you improvise with. And uh, that at the end of the day matters more than anything, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that like we, we, uh, we were a perfect storm in, in a couple of different ways. Um, because you know, there were all of us were fucking psychopaths about getting better. Um, but the thing that always sticks out to me about why we were uh, a somewhat successful team is that um, we very quickly stopped sending our representatives to each other and we were genuine with each other. Like, there were, you know, people talk about this thing, like bits up, bits down, like making jokes and all that stuff. And we obviously had a lot of fun, made a lot of jokes, but um, the, the, the standard tenor of our conversations and our relationships with each other was one of being genuine with each other. And uh, it kept us from, be, for at least for me, like it kept us from being tiring. I think like, we, we, we saw each other as humans first and, you know, built from that. I agree with that. Uh, I, yeah, I think we're, I think, well, there's not a lot of sarcasm on this team, actually. Like, even the senses of humor are not very, like, sarcastic. So I think I, maybe to David's point, like, this is a very earnest group. And I think particularly, like, the addition of Rob and Caitlin, like, was a huge influx of just, like, warm-hearted earnestness. Uh, and, and, and being really like, I think it's, maybe it's easy to be fun or I think it's easy to think that being funny is just about being sarcastic or like flippant. But the fact that Rob and Caitlin were like incredibly funny people who were just like genuinely funny and like willing to play to lose and stuff. And then also to Kristen's point, I think at a certain point, it, it's sort of like the, uh, love the ones you're with idea. Like at a certain point it was like, Oh, like it's us. Like we can't. I don't know, early on, I guess, like you're on an indie team or something and you're just kind of hoping to get better and those are the people that you're stuck with and you're like, oh man, that person, if only they could be different and if only I could get on a better team. And at a certain point, we were we just looked around and we're like, oh, cool, like it's us with all of our weird foibles and eccentricities and we're not going to change and that's great. We can just support us and, and you like relax into, into yes and then, you know? Yeah, and we all get married. So, you know, I, I think we brought up that point. Uh, uh, and what I mean by that is, like, to one another, we, we have, like, these imaginary, uh, like, relationships in inside. Uh, and I guess what I mean by that is, like, we've had different iterations of the team and performances uh, with different people. And it's always representative of the future. But each of us has such a special relationship to one another. Um, as well as at, as a team. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, uh, being excited about playing with any iteration of the group was a big solidifier and like, Oh yeah. I just care about and love these people. And that's what, and I'm excited to be with them on stage. And I think that's what 
makes any team worthwhile is not really I mean being good at improv helps sure but like I think ultimately if you're not truly caring about the people the people first like David was talking about then like you're not gonna get far I don't feel yes I feel like if you really are if your goal is to really make everyone on your team look good which I know is something we say a lot um you don't have to think about yourself so much and you can trust those people I don't know. I feel like we don't take anything too seriously either. Like we're not, we're good at um, laughing with and at each other. And at the same time, even if you're being laughed at, like it's in, it's such a, they are laughing with you. Like we're none of us embarrass easily. Um, and I think that's a really good thing that we all have in common because it makes us kind of like fearless and trusting on stage. I think. Yeah, and I think we mentioned before that, like, our warm-ups didn't really have structure, and Mike would just kind of be like, okay, go warm up, we would do whatever, Um, and I, like, one of the things that really stuck with me as an established improv team, as you get, like, older, and you're doing practices, or you're doing warm-ups, like, you're not doing those as technique things for me as much as you are just a reminder that, like, you love the people that you're with, and that you're going to have fun with them, and just, like, a refresher to keep things fun and keep that lightheartedness. Um, and I think that's something that this team did so well. So I would encourage indie teams to do the same thing. Cool. All right. Uh, Caitlin, Male, Fred, Rob, Kristen, David. Uh, thanks for uh, sticking with me over the years. Uh, letting me have all of that, a lot of that fun. Um, with you, uh, minus the, uh, festivals, but I keep saying I'm going to get to, get to one of them, uh, soon. Hopefully we'll be, uh, allowed to do that sooner than later. Um, so thanks for all the, the good times and thanks for getting close. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks, Mike. Uh, I want to hear because I wasn't at any of the traveling shows that you've the future traveling show um, <laughs> that uh, any of the festivals that you've done outside of outside of Philly. So I want to hear about the first one, uh, who initiates these, um, how people figure it out and just some fun memories. I was going to say Molly kind of took point on like getting us uh, into a lot of festivals. And so Molly would just like every now and then be like, Hey, I'm going to submit us to like these four festivals. Does anybody have any objections? Can anybody not do them? And we would just be like, let's go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, Kristen, who will, I'm sure will be very, um, very, you know, coy about this is, um, is very popular around the world. Uh, and and so, um, she often gets invite invited to uh, play in, in festivals and she needs to bring a group and she'd be like, I have a group. <laughs> um, so, uh, we all got to like kind of ride Kristen's coattails to a lot of fun, different, like cool opportunities. And can I say it's amazing Yeah, because if you go to a festival with Kristen Shear, especially like in <laughs> Seattle, and I've been to Seattle a few times with Kristen now, you are treated like royalty and you need to do anything to deserve it. Just because you're there with her, people are like, oh, 
oh, you're here with Kristen. Oh, hello. And like, they're interested to meet you just because you're there with her. It's wonderful. My favorite thing was when I, uh, most recently, Seattle was asking who was, or I was saying, oh, you know, a couple of people are going to have to miss the festival. Is that going to be okay? Like, is that an issue? All they wrote back was, is Kristen coming? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are too kind. Uh, very true, very true, but too kind. <laughs> I guess a uh, fun memory uh, is watching uh, a show called Yummy Mummies that uh, Caitlin introduced us to, <laughs> which is a Australian reality TV show about rich um, like mothers-to-be, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And That's that correct. show, I'll tell you, it's like pretty crazy to watch. They really milk uh, anything into like a long sequence of reaction shots, kind of like breakdowns by the different characters. So if anyone's looking for a show, that's the one. That's it. We spent <laughs> almost almost half a day in San Diego watching that show. That's right. Uh, I have a memory involving Caitlin that is somewhat horrific, but also like amazing. Oh no, so, it's so scary. So. Uh, where were we? I can, I always complain. Like I Edmonton, guess we were right? in Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah, we were in Edmonton, and we were tasked with playing theater sports against uh, also some lovely people you'll meet on the <sighs> festival circuit. None other than the amazingly talented Virginia Jack, Nicole Passmore, Brianna Rayner. Amazing, amazing. So we had to do this team game, and we had to like grab the heart of the audience somehow, shock them, like do something big and bold. And so we agreed upon as a group to do this game where two of us would play a scene and while the other two were outside of the scene, all we would be doing is slapping each other in the face. (laughs) And uh, I know that that sounds ridiculous and so out of context, but I had the great horror and pleasure of slapping Caitlin in the face many, many times before she entered that scene. Kristen, it was so bad that they, they called it early. Like the referees of that thing were like, you're done. No, no, but here's why, Caitlin, it's because like, uh, I think you are a very competent and determined and proficient person. And so in slapping us in the face, you were doing like, I would say a very good job of exactly that. Thank you. Rather than maybe like a good job of theatricalizing, slapping somebody in the face. No, I was really hitting you very hard. (laughs) Yeah, I, it like, it hurt. And it made me scared to have it happen ever again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Caitlin is Caitlin is so it was mostly Caitlin that was doing the slapping. Somehow That's we decided right. that was the perfect person to slap us. And um Caitlin as she's slapping us is not holding back. And so like I'm pretty sure at like whoever was getting slapped was like I remember like I started crying and Caitlin started crying. It's not good. She was so she was so unhappy with what was going on. It was just she didn't want to be slapping us. And like a little bit of the background is when um, we almost did we did exclusively long form improv in Philadelphia exclusively, <laughs> and frankly, weren't most of us weren't even trained in short form improv. And then we would go to these other places, particularly Canada, but even in America. And you go to these other festivals and they're always like, all right, great. So you're going to do this, like, you're going to do your showcase set where that'll be like, you know, your long form set. And then we'll just kind of throw you into a couple uh, short form sets. And we had not been trained. We didn't know what to do. So we were just trying to like do anything that could maybe 
win the crowd <laughs> on this. <laughs> that, Edmonton overall was such a weird trip because I went straight to Edmonton after a family cruise. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where Edmonton was. And I, th- I assumed all of Canada is just north of like where I am on the East Coast. So I was on the plane and it was taking a very really skinny. long time. <laughs> yeah, Canada's just like very, very thin. Um, but it was taking so long and I looked at the in-flight map and I was like, where are we going? It just took so long to get there. <laughs> and then we had some really fun times where like, do you remember that the train that they had where you'd be underground like your subway? And then it just, I remember just it opened up and it was like green stuff oh. everywhere and it was so gorgeous mm-hmm. and like so pretty. And we adopted that balloon as yeah. a group yeah. and like that yeah. was so special and I was like I loved that and that guy was like walking on the festival taking pictures of people with Polaroids they still have Polaroids from that mm-hmm. yeah. and we had that really fun like after party where the sun came up we all walked back to the hotel like, there were so many fun things but that was also when we did the escape room uh-huh. where I that's really freaked I out oh yeah Caitlin, I'm, I, I'm, that really thought I was leading to yes that's another I wanted to bring that up but I was like this is Caitlin's to bring up so yes. yeah. I have the picture so for all of the viewers who are viewing this podcast, um, we I got to Edmonton a little bit later than the rest of the group. And when I got there, they had successfully done an escape the room where everyone was like, this was so much fun. We freaking crushed this escape the room. We were FBI agents or something. And we were so good at it. We're doing another one tomorrow. And they're like, this is supposed to be the hardest one in the city. And it's called Asylum. And I was like, oh no, that sounds really scary. I would love to, I would love to not do that. That sounds super scary. And they're like, no, 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 we're great at escape rooms. We're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. And I was like, okay, I'm not good at scary stuff. And we went the next day. And as soon as we got in, I asked the lady at the front desk, I was like, excuse me, is this scary? And she was like, oh yeah, it's really scary. I was like, okay, yeah, this is not going to be a good fit for me, but we had already paid. And I was like, well, you know, we'll all be with our buddies. And then the teenager who worked there brought out straight jackets and was like, I'll just put you guys in your straight jackets to start this escape room. And she started to put it on me and I burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, do you, Oh, do you want me to still, do you want me to still put this on? And I was like, yeah, yeah, keep doing it. <laughs> so she put it on me and I was crying and everyone was so, and everyone was like, you don't have to do it. It's okay. You guys were all incredibly comforting. Um, but I was like, no, it's fine. I already paid. It was just do it. And the one teen was explaining the rules while the straight jacket teen, she went and got paper towels to dry my face off in the straight jacket <laughs> while I was crying. And then we went into those rooms and I, I was in the room with Molly and David, I think. And you guys just, like one of you just took care of me the entire time. Like we were so handicapped in that game because one person had to constantly be attending to me. <laughs> just, like, oh, that that escape room also sucked. It was a su- that's not what an escape room is. It's supposed to be a puzzle that has like a fun story to it. That it was one was so just straight up scary and and mean. My favorite part was when we got into this. We finally got into that second area, and you and Kristen were in the corner. <laughs> And the head <laughs> And in such a Kristen fashion, I just looked over. Both of you screamed because this like severed head came down against the glass of this door and like the most Kristen thing I've ever seen. Just like bare hugs Caitlin and just goes, I love you. <laughs> 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 it 
time. Like we're out of time. We have fifteen more minutes. Like I do want to. I do want to chime in and just clarify that when when people are using the word straitjacket and severed head, I I think that like what we were dealing with was like very rough approximations of those things. In no, fact, it was the, real. In fact, the straitjackets were Velcro and. Your first job when when you're locked in is just to pull your arms apart to free yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, sorry, very quickly. I think Caitlin and Molly and David were were in one room, and Kristen, you and I were in the other. And, and yes. it's, it's true, Kristen. You were like, "All right, Caitlin's having a really hard time." I think we just have to try to get her out of here. All right. Like, like, let's do a good job. It looks like Molly and David are taking care of her. We, we got to do a good job. You know, <laughs> I have. They took our picture at the end. Like, they took a, an instant picture of all of us lined up. It's the saddest picture I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody looks well. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god it was so it was such a especially after that first one because you're so right we were so cocky because the woman was like nobody's ever solved that one before we were the first people to right wasn't it something like that yeah it was yeah. Like the fbi one yeah so yeah like, oh yeah this is great oh that was a real real different experience <laughs> i remember yeah. being so distressed after that that I was like, hey, um, I'm going to find my own way home. <laughs> I do appreciate, I guess, David, you would you would often be that sort of voice in a, in a festival, especially Edmonton, which was like 11 days long. Yeah. And I think on day seven, David was like, hey, you know, guys, like, I'm just going to throw some out there. I think we could each have lunch by ourselves. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think we have to meet in the lobby and like all have lunch together. Like, you know, I love you guys and I'm going to have falafel, falafel for lunch today. And we're like, all right, yeah, someone needs to do that, you know? Oh. Yeah, I mean, the festivals do show where the group has ever been divided, if ever, which is uh, there is definitely like a nap faction and like a no nap, like activity <laughs> faction for festivals. And uh, oh it's it's all good. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out at some point because I remember Fred telling was telling me like, yeah, we figured out what everyone's thing is when they're like traveling together. And I don't remember what everyone's was, but I know that he, you were saying that uh, I'm a creature of habit. And I was like, oh, yeah, I am. It was like an insightful thing I hadn't thought about myself, but like I need to have my habit, my things around and yeah. do my things in the order that I have to do my things in. And, you know, Detroit has an interesting interesting story which is caitlin found this abandoned zoo on uh, someone told us about it didn't they i think a group billy had been there oh no a detroit group told us about it or something somebody told us no hadn't hadn't frank and meredith and steve k they went to that festival yeah and they were like there's an abandoned zoo on this island you can totally sneak in you should go and then we fact checked it with some people and they were like yeah you should go to this zoo yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we go to the zoo and every sign is like, do not enter. Um, but we're like, it's also, it was an elevated zoo. It was like all those high boardwalks and the animals would have been in pits and there were no more animals because it was not a zoo anymore. And Anthony Carter, right? Um, 
he's with us at the time and we're trying to find a way to sneak into this zoo and anthony goes all we got to do is we just got to go up this ladder and we're was it a ladder or a fence First, he tried to climb a fence, and he fell pretty fast. No, yeah. <laughs> he starts to climb this fence, and he falls on his ass and back in such a way that I was like, we might have to carry him home. <laughs> but then we snuck around this zoo for like 40 minutes before we got caught and escorted out of the zoo. Do you well, remember was- the moment we got caught, though? Because it's my favorite part of the whole thing. Anthony was finally like, let's get a picture together. Let's all get a picture here. And like set it up, got his timer already. And it was literally in the middle of the timer. And all of us were like. <laughs> 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 for a picture. Yeah. A police officer or a security guard shows up and it's like, no. They were like, no, gotta why, go. why did you think you could be here? And we were like, oh, there's a big hole in the gate. So we just assumed that it was okay. And they were like, <laughs> really? There was a big hole in the gate? And we were like, yeah. We just walked in. We walked in. And when, in fact, we all got on our stomachs and, like, crawled under a very small hole. <laughs> but it was perfect because we didn't know how to get back out. So they really walked us through that part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. What about in Portland when we – when uh Kristen like broke her toe. Yeah, <laughs> trying to climb over all those rocks. Oh my yeah, God. this this was my traumatic experience. Was this we were one, trying to go, ugh. we were trying to go on a hike in Portland, and uh, I guess um, so. The place we get to, we got there a little bit later than we wanted to, and um, it was the hottest it's ever been in Portland. It was like 105 degrees. And well, and the David, you've just set up how nice the morning was. We had a great morning before the bad thing. Yeah. We yeah. had, oh my God, we, we woke up at like, I think like 7 a.m. And like, so early. Um, Caitlin's friend picked us up. She had kombucha ready for us. We and had chapstick. She gave us yeah. local chapstick. Yeah. And we like, um, I, I can't remember what she, the first, she drove us to a waterfall first, I believe, right? Yep. Just to like take Not- pictures. The yeah. bagels first. Remember how good those yeah, bagels were? Yeah, we had yeah. Bagels, breakfast bagels and then waterfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then and then we were to go on this hike. And yeah, and so we were enjoying the morning so much that we got there a little bit later than we expected. And it was super hot out. And this hike ends at like a beautiful kind of like crystalline pool that I never actually saw. Um, but um we get there and it's a mob scene. There are so many people, and the hike is difficult. It is, you are like walking on branches and it is slippery and we're doing this and I'm watching people like take dogs and shit like that. Like the yeah. take dogs hike. And like, you know, the thing about animals, right? Is they're sure-footed. Um, animals tread where humans will fall. I'm watching fully grown dogs fall off of this hike. Um, people were being so irresponsible and it looked like the dogs were getting hurt. And so... I, I say, uh, I say like maybe like five minutes into this hike, guys, I'm out. Don't worry about me. Go do your thing. I'll be here when you come back. Um, and you guys were gone for like over an hour. Um, and when I when you came <laughs> yeah. back, Kristen's foot was broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It was, it was such a bad. cool it was a cool, mature move when David was like, you know what? I know myself. This is not for me. 
I'm not going to do it. It Immediately, I was like, that's what I should have done at the escape room. I don't know why I couldn't have done that at the escape room. It was only because I had learned from you, Caitlin. <laughs> but do you guys remember when we were climbing, Kristen and Molly, we were climbing over the rocks and all the dog or the logs and all the dogs kept falling and we were really freaking out about it. Uh, and Susie turned to us and she, Susie like made us all look her in the eyes and she was like, God, look at me. Say it, say it back to me. We can't help those dogs. <laughs> we can't help those dogs. And we were all like, yeah, we can't help the dogs. So we're not our dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it was totally worth it because we got to this amazing pool that we swum underneath the waterfall. And the next mm-hmm. time y'all are out in Portland, we can go to Multnomah Falls again. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Enjoy it. And the other thing we have to do is a down the river float, uh, by the way. But mm-hmm. um, not the first time I've broken my foot at a festival. I was at <laughs> Seattle at a dance party and oh, yeah. I fell off the stairs uh, at the end of the night and I was like playing it cool. And then like in the middle of the night, I got up and got a beer from the fridge to like ice my ankle. <laughs> I broke my ankle. And then I think I hear Rob and David talking in the other room. Like Rob is like, is Kristen going to be okay? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, she's, she's pretty strong. <laughs> so, uh, Oh man, what uh, what else, man? There's so. Oh, uh, speaking of Rob, like I know Rob, you said you wanted to tell the story of us in Toronto. It's uh, funny because that story also involves you doing something where I was like, I think Kristen could get very hurt here, <laughs> but she seems so confident about it that I I trust her. But this is dangerous because um, we got locked out of our Airbnb and uh, we were in the upstairs apartment. I think it was. And we had food. We had like fast food that we wanted to eat, but we couldn't get in because the keypad was all messed up. And uh, Kristen, you were like, I think I can climb up this balcony here. Um, And just (laughs) like, I was not drunk. Yeah. Yeah, no. But I think maybe I could like shimmy through. Maybe we can get one of the windows open. Um, but yeah, but I, it was, it was a dangerous, it was a dangerous feat. Um, but you are, you are trying it. Yeah, but how did we end up getting in, Rob? Oh, I jimmied the lock. (laughs) I've watched enough movies that I was just like, you know what? I got a credit card. I'm just going to see what I can do here. And it was like, it it was like butter. Like as soon as I tried, that door just like, like the wind blew it open. It was perfect. We were so hungry. But David, wait, so like you, you guys were there and David and I, was it just the four of us at that point? I just remember we saw eventually a bunch of text messages from Rob and Kristen being like, we can't get in. Yeah, Molly came a little bit like a day or two later to that one. Yeah. So David, didn't and you and I just you get and back? You Fred had been there for a while. I think yeah, you and Fred, Fred and I had been at that for a week beforehand. Right? Or was it? Yeah. Was it and just three days at that. I think it was just three days because it was the diversity and inclusion yeah, yeah, yeah. So three conference days. for three days before. So they, we had a place where we could have gone and stayed because we got our own Airbnb, but we were also invited to stay in this house, which was amazing and awesome. And there were such cool people there. But I think, like, Rob and I just wanted, like, our own space and, like, go to the Airbnb. Um, Any sorry food? If my, yeah. Sorry if my audio is bad. 
Uh, but I, I guess I'm saying that David, didn't you and I get back to the apartment and like we were able to get in just fine, even though it was still locked? Like, wasn't yes. there? Wasn't it something where we were like, you just have to like, yeah, like, I think, hold yeah. the door or something. The problem with the keypad was that you had to enter the code correctly. <laughs> that was not it. It was a busted ass keypad. But it was you guys did figure out a trick to open it, but it was still a busted keypad. Yeah, the key was jammed in there. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I do remember that. It was like if you put the key in funny, you could like really make it tough to um, open the lock. Um, I, okay. I, um, but yeah, it was funny because we got in like that. How about the the scooters in San Diego? Oh my god! That's what I was just going to bring up, and how Fred Fred doesn't have a he has a flip phone and not a regular. So Molly had a hot spot, made a hot spot with her phone. So Fred's flip phone could connect. Was that what it was? It no, was no. your iPod Touch? No, no, I did. I had. I don't think it was any device. Was it? it yeah, you it, had your Wi-Fi connectability, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah, I have like a deactivated smartphone that can operate as a Wi-Fi device. That is true. <laughs> but Fred was so good. Not so good at the scooters. No, let's say so good. I was so masterful at the scooters. <laughs> he kept going out of range of Molly's Wi-Fi. We have to reconnect. <laughs> the issue was that he, if you went too far away from the scooter with your phone, it, the scooter would just lock, thinking that you forgot to like turn off the app. I, because the device kept disconnecting, we were like, "Well, Fred, just keep my phone in your pocket. Clearly, it's a str- like you need it." That's right. But then Fred just took off, and I was like, "I was like going down this big hill on the highway. I was like, I'm gonna lock." <laughs> It started beeping, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what was so hard. Was we were like not in like a beautiful like. There's like boardwalks to ride your scooter on. Like we were next to highways, <laughs> and Fred was going so fast on the scooter. And that was like that was fun to see the range of like our comfort level on scooters. Yeah. Um, and on the other end, Bobby, Bobby was like, "I'm fine. I love scooters." This is great, but like pouring sweat. And like, <laughs> like, where are we going? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, the only time we used them was to go to a place where we could grill our own steaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Uh, that place was awesome, though. That was like a awesome. cool little place. It was like all decorated with like. 60s horse themed things mm-hmm. it was uh, it was it was super dark in like the middle of the day and also it yeah it's a great business model they're like here pay us a bunch of money <laughs> now you you cook your food <laughs> <laughs> that night was when we went to the tiki bar and joe moore like venmoed us an obscene uh, amount of money yeah. to buy tiki drinks mm-hmm. Just uh, which, so great. did you leave straight from there to go to the airport caitlin i think so yeah yeah no, we went back because we, because who was I was on a flight with Rob, right? Yeah, you oh, yeah. and I went to the tiki bar, and then yep. we had to leave there. Oh no, we went there. Then all together, we went to that taco place that we had been to like a few days before. And then uh, you and I, Caitlin, left there to go grab the last of our stuff, yep. packed it up, and then go to the airport. But when Caitlin and I got to the airport, we were still drunk. <laughs> but it was great. It was per- perfect, the perfect level of drunk for about to get on like a four to six hour flight. But that was yeah, what happened in Portland, too. Yeah. 
the first mm-hmm. time we were there was it was the last day of the festival. It was Kristen's birthday, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we had such the a three nice of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had like a ladies' day and it ended where we were like, let's go to this tiki bar in Portland that was in like where a Papa John should be in a strip mall. It was like next to a nail salon. Yeah. <laughs> and we went and they, they had a totally blacked out and we were like, this is great. We checked out of the hotel and we're like, cool. Only six hours to kill until our flight. I guess we'll hang out at this tiki bar and you could get these volcano drinks where they would bring it out and they would like do these like sound effects in the wall and like all this fire would shoot up and you just drink this big volcano. So it's like a show essentially. Um, and then every hour on the hour, they would do a thunderstorm with like full lightning effects. It was so cool. And we, we were all a little drunk on our flight home. They got to wait. Yep. Yeah. We all waited at the airport. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, and that's such a cool place too, Holly Pele. And I'm so your, your friend, uh, Sue, who actually I haven't gotten to connect with out here. I should send her a message. She's yeah, just the best. Yeah. Yeah. She's so nice. Molly, David, and I had a really bad flight delay once. Oh, my gosh. Back from oh my pilot. favorite announcement. Yeah. Oh, my sorry. favorite yeah, announcement t- ever. No, that's 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 exactly it. I, I just liked how honest they were. They were like, uh, to be honest, we, uh, we don't know where the pilot is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the woman who Wait. came on? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, David. No, no you go ahead. I was just going to say the pilot that ended up coming on. And she was just down to business. She's like, we're getting you there. We're going to get you there as quickly as we can. It was, it, I don't know. It was just awesome. We, it was the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. We had a layover in like, I want to say Minnesota. And yeah. it was February. I think we were coming back from Seattle. And on the way there, um, Rob, and we, we, we can come up with it, but Rob had, um, Rob had bought some nicotine gum to get him through the flight. And he chewed too much. <laughs> And was like, threw the gum out, the leg home, because it like because it fucked with him too hard. But so like now we're like in this in this airport. Um, It's Minnesota. It's one o'clock in the morning, and we suddenly have like ninety minutes to kill. I because uh, weed was legal in Portland. um, Was like oh I think I'll try doing edibles on this trip. And like, I think Molly and I were both stoned on this, in this airport and Rob disappears. And what we found out is Rob left the airport to have a cigarette and then he goes <laughs> security again. <laughs> Which I will say Minnesota is the best place to do that because people in TSA, any, everyone in Minnesota is friendly, but the TSA is super friendly. Uh-huh. Um, there was a drug sniffing dog when I was on my way back in. And the woman that was handling the dog was like, I know he's cute, right? You can't pet him. Don't you wish you could pet him? Um, it was great. It was just, I'm glad I left the airport. It was so yeah. fun. You can't help the dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh I didn't want to drag this out, but uh, on the on the podcast, but I does, do people have a memory from on stage that really sticks out? I know we talked a lot about festivals off stage. But I have like a few moments that really stick out to me. <clears throat> you go first, Yeah, you share. Oh, you share. That. For me, this this just the only the reason this came up is because I thought about it earlier this week and and cackled to myself, which is when we were on the second stage. It's such a small moment, but we were on the second stage, and I forget 
Caitlin was like playing a bully or something and went to, <laughs> and went to to push me <laughs> and I and I just ducked. <laughs> Caitlin just fell. Because <laughs> I think both of us took it way more seriously than we anticipated. Like I think you were like fake pushing harder than you thought. It was like, like, genuinely like, whoa. It was like, we we were like, okay, let's do like a gymnastics Abbott and Costello thing with no practice or like no preparation. (laughs) Um, I remember a show where David jumped over like a ton of chairs. Like we would often put physical challenges to David during sets and he would just... Uh, more than meet expectations. <laughs> Weren't we laying on the chairs too, or something? Yeah, you guys were laying on the chairs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that actually reminds me of one of my favorite things, which is um, at some point, um, at some point, it, like I became the only person that would intro our show, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite memories is like um, is just I would be introducing the show so i'd be like a step forward and couldn't exactly see everybody in my peripheral vision and i'd be posting like very straightforward and suddenly everybody would start laughing and i would realize that like behind me i think it particularly would happen when it was like um when fred and rob weren't there and it was just Kristen, molly and caitlin is like i remember one time like you all started dancing behind me um <laughs> And I, every time I would look, you guys would stop and then would continue hosting. <laughs> um, I remember doing one of the Future Presents shows, and it was Ghost Jail. And uh, Rob wrote a list of names that he called out that was just one of the funniest things I have to date ever. <laughs> Seeing on stage. That list of names is just incredible. Fred, do you have it? Oh yeah, my god. I can read them to you if you'd like. Oh yes, please. <laughs> uh Finister McMoyerstein. <laughs> Clebo Finch. Corsica McWallowflu. <laughs> Crisky Pice. Fischel Flutemeyer. <laughs> Binksy Morgan. <laughs> I haven't I haven't looked at these since the show. I just this is my book. Uh Helio Crip Caper Snap. <laughs> Lanscow Dudonnelly. Uh Woolsey Shopflower. Lotus Blincy. Pink Mueller McCobblestock. Wh- Whipsy Coogan. Blanky, no, Blanky Doc Newer, Brewberry Poo Spork, <laughs> McMoffle Popsmore, <laughs> Blincy Dunce. And then, Rob, I have to say the weakest part of it is this last line, although it is right on the nose. Congratulations, you have the weirdest names in school. Maybe that's the perfect uh, wrap up. <laughs> should have just been like, your boss is here. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, congratulations. Like, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. 
Sorry, I don't. That's not a criticism. But it was no, you're just, right. You're right. Obviously, like you were like these are the funniest names I've ever heard. Oh shit! I got to come up with a with a name with like something that ties them together. I remember a show. I think it was the show where we just did it with flashlights. Those were our spotlights. Oh, yeah. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Yeah. That was a really fun show. But I also remember, I think it was the last sketch of the show, or the last scene in the show. Um, the last skit? Yeah, sorry. One of our little skits. <laughs> um, we were playing like uh, like Newsies or Bowery Boys, where it was like, the boys were on one side and the girls were on the other. And I just remember just being like, hey, there's Goyles over there. <laughs> remember? <laughs> Those are my favorite characters to play. You know? <sighs> What was it was towards the end of our run, but we had like sets that were I think maybe like two weeks apart or something, and in both sets we had the same miscommunication. I think it was like they're like suns up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I remember this because I, I missed it? the I missed the first show. Yeah, but I think I was like central or complicit in the misunderstanding. In the second show, <laughs> yes, and, and it so like, it was because was I it? I had missed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I forget. It was something like Suns Up or something, and yeah. like half of us just heard it in a different right. way. And we did a whole scene, and it didn't until like ha- the halfway point, we didn't realize like that we were miscommunicating. And then we did it again just so soon after that. Which, that I mean, oh, this reminds God. me of actually, I think this was our la- the last show we've done, not like our last, last show, but the last show we did, where um, we were in some, we were in like a museum tour that existed outside yes. the house. Time. And we had explained how that the rules of the museum, and then like um, one hour on this tour was worth was worth a day in the real world, and we got so caught up in trying to understand what temporal rules were. And we almost honestly derailed the entire show. I mean, it was, it was great, but like we, we, there was it was the first scene stop, of the show. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Stop, stop. Okay. So wait, five minutes here. Is outside. <laughs> yeah. Cause we were all, we were all absurd, but like we were all really trying to understand, like we weren't playing anymore. We were like, wait, but seriously. And Rob, Rob was the, Rob was the tour guide. Oh God. It was so funny. I get people talking to me about the scene that Molly and Caitlin did in San Diego. Yes, I was thinking where that. They were the twins or the, the, um, not twins. Yeah. The switched at birth yes. twins. I, I, there were people in Portland uh, who were also at that festival who still talk to me all the time about that scene. It was just incredible. Uh, that was that was one of those like special improv moments that you just realize you both think of the same thing at the same time. Like you can just see it in each other, and it it's just yeah, one of those super fun moments. That was great. Oh, that's a good one. One of the uh, things that popped out to me of of a lot of things for sure but in doing the living room there was one story (laughs) that would come up a lot (laughs) is it the blender one one more than any other (laughs) Uh, yes it was was Kristen uh, and the blender (laughs) Kristen's hair in the blender. 
My, but my favorite part was that it always started the same way, which was I may have told this. Before. <laughs> and I think she even said that the first time when she hadn't. That's yeah. also funny. Yeah. But there was also like hair that got stuck in a fake kid's con- like car, right? Yeah, in the green machine, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's where I would get confused because we're like, I may have told this before. You would, you but my hair, it. and you'd be like, oh, this is the car thing. And you're like, no, the blender. <laughs> yeah, it or was a go kart. It was a go kart, and I had a scarf that got okay. caught. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I may have told that before. Uh, <laughs> Kristen, um, Kristen's childhood. She she died the way Victorian novels die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this wasn't technically an on-stage story either, but when we did One of Us Was Drunk and I couldn't remember the show at all, I asked people to recap it. And Molly was like, I think people thought I was drunk. <laughs> yeah, I, there were multiple people who thought I was drunk because I was just so giddy watching Kristen do improv. And I've also heard Fred as well. Yep, a lot of, a people, lot of people thought I was drunk, yeah. yeah. Wait, did contagious. we address the rumor? It was, wasn't there a rumor that Fred put the future together? Yep. <laughs> oh, right. Oh yeah. How did we not bring that up on the podcast? <laughs> well, let's confirm it. Fred put the future together. That's right. It was his baby. It was his project. My he big baby, it. which is how Big Baby got its name. <laughs> yeah, Fred had a lot of sway coming out of Improv 301. <laughs> That's right. Right. And, and the theater was just ready to play ball. Well, you know, David, I'm I'm pretty tall, and I just seem presidential. You know, so people like I am. How did that start and get any life to it? I don't, I don't know. I don't think I, I hope that I wasn't complicit in it. I mean, I think I told some of my classes that I'd started the team, but um, no, I, I'm kidding. I don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. No, but I think what happened was, I think that like, um, there, like um, there was, uh, and this, this happened to every, everybody on the team, but um, everybody on the team had like, kind of like their group of admirers. And I think, um, Fred's admirers um, really admired Fred. Um, and so I think they just like, I think they just decided that the future was the team that Fred had put together. Um, so I think that was what happened was that like, um, like a group of kids who just like, when I say kids, they were um, people who were three years younger than us that we were doing improv. Um, just like, they looked at Fred, they looked at the rest of the team and they were like, Oh yeah, Fred put this team together. <laughs> Yeah, only Fred could be so intelligent as to put together such a well-balanced, funny team <laughs> of smart people. Yeah. One thing, this is a memory, this is just something that I did in shows that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> I got in the habit, and I think I've talked about this before, but I would get in the habit of just, if we were in a group scene, I would stand near Molly and just have, like, um, within the world of the scene, a quiet conversation with Molly that only she, she and I were a part of. So, like, I would just... I, and I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always loved the moment when Fred sat down, David sat down, and the newspapers opened uh, up. Yeah. Like, yeah. and yeah. and uh, that was that was the beginning of Rico Chet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, duo that has never existed. Yeah. <laughs> you say Rico. Um, we also have to like. I know we tried to catalog this for David on his road trip. Um. Uh, but like all of the warm ups that we did, uh, like basketball and soccer, and uh, what was the know, name of this game? Earth. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Name of this game, Earth. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
pizza, pizza, pizza. I think I said what I think I was talking about that one one know. of our earlier recordings, but um like the first time that I played with the future and Mike was like, All right, warm up. And I was like, Oh, he didn't give a warm up, they're just gonna warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the future came up with some amazing warm-ups, I think. And uh I always felt like a like a badass in the green room before a future show just because we were always doing something that like no one had ever heard of before. <laughs> we were all really loud and having fun doing it. So super badass. Like we super <laughs> badass. So badass <laughs> maybe not the right word. <laughs> Remember when we tried to do headstands on the couch and Molly's head went in the cushion? (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah, because that's a picture of that somewhere. (laughs) Wait, was was, was pizza, pizza, pizza... There was one warm up. I think it was all of us chanting something, and then Caitlin would say something That's funny. What it was. Yeah, it was pizza, pizza, pizza. And then Caitlin would just say a funny thing, and then that was the whole warm up. <laughs> it's just really good group mind. Just getting yeah. everybody on the same page. <laughs> you sent a video to us, Caitlin, of us doing some warm up, which I think was like. This thing is not like what was that? Called? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna forget what it was. This no, just thing is not like. There's um, <laughs> one we put our feet in, and it was like uh, shoes and cute shoes. Oh, yeah, cute shoes. Cute shoes or something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Another unexpected combination. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just two words that don't belong together. Shark fork. Shark fork. Um, (laughs) This is one that we invented, but I think we put a spin on it. But I always... um, Handsy hands? Handsy hands. Everybody, everybody got handsy hands. And then we would just like shout like some combination of things. It would always start moms and dads. But then, like, from there, we would just turn into any pair that we could think of. Um, and maybe not even pairs. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> and we taught a bunch of people in Toronto uh, what's the name of this game, Earth, as though it was a real uh, improv game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's start. Yeah. What's that? I, oh, that's how, yeah, yeah. I thought you were just going to finish that sentence that we taught a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> taught a lot of people can you believe it i remember feeling really awkward when rich tallarico did not want to warm up with us (laughs) like he's like nah you guys oh he joined us it's so funny i feel the complete i I feel so differently about that i remember like rich tallarico clearly feels weird about this but he's also clearly participating with us. well we were coming in hot to that show david we came from uh fall as fa right Oh, mm, I don't know. I don't remember being drunk for that show. Uh, we weren't. We were okay. pretty together. Okay. I think it was the summer because I was supposed to be back for it. From I was like the summer that I was in Italy for the month, and my flight got delayed, so I wasn't there. Oh, yeah. But I think it was that night, so it was like the middle of summer. Oh, guys, we should do improv again. Yeah. yeah. Guess remember when we would do um, share montages? So that was a really great thing that Mike had us do. I think we would share and then we would do a montage of like incorporating the shares. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Kristen, did you come in one time about somebody who had died in a car accident? 
and like oh. a friend of yours had died, I think. Is this Maybe. true? And I think at the end of the share montage, we all did a scene where we just sort of acted it out and we like lifted that person into heaven. You guys remember this? No. Uh, is that true? I, I might be making it up, but I, I don't know. I think I remember that feel. If it happened, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that was like what transformative. What a nice dream. Yes, yeah. <laughs> idea that I had. Yeah, we'll, we'll Wait, that. do you remember in a practice when um, the suggestion was pizza? And David initiated a scene by walking in and pretending he was talking to some coworkers and be like, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, pizza, pizza gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And I I also, Caitlin, can never get out of my mind the image of you as a son with overalls on. (laughs) And Kristen, you're a bear on a unicycle with a tiny hat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the scene? Uh, one there was, and I, I all I remember is uh, flashes of this scene, but it still makes me laugh even with that. Um, where I think it was a robbery being set up. They were talking about a heist. Um, Rob, you were in the living room, and it was like the living room bank kind of thing. What the hell was going on in this scene? <laughs> we were gathering musical instruments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For this heist, <laughs> but there was like three different interpretations of what we needed them for. <laughs> I got the the bongos or something. Them on the bus. Like, what? I, I seem to remember this. Was that supposed to be a second beat? Because we had a really fun scene once that was like a band that. Uh, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was in classic future fashion. It did go on long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then found a way to come back for more. Uh, <laughs> Kristen, do you remember the time you, you did a really good job of setting up a premise where you were like, hey, Dad, oh, yeah. Dad is there any mac and cheese left or something? And I, I was like, you- if I just... Because <laughs> I was like, yep, here you go. And you're like, wait, no, but Dad, like, is there... Is it's there any gone. left? And I was like, no, there is some left. You're like, no, but I, I would have thought that it would have been all gone. Why don't you check it? I thought if I just look in the pot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I will play an emotion now. <laughs> I don't I don't remember which show this was, but it was one of the big ones on the main stage at Fit. And I remember there was, I don't remember what the scene was, but I remember I walked out at some point and I was stirring a big pot of stew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only for so much of the scene. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and the scene ended before we ever got to who I was or why I was doing that. <laughs> Um, uh. hey i got another one what was the show where like it had the perfect ending where we all were aliens or something and molly i remember that well that was a show um there was an early first beat where molly was cheating on a test is that right i think so yeah um and um, and in the and, and like late in the show, we were all being aliens, um, and Molly, we were like pushing Molly further and further, like almost into the crowd. We never talked about mm-hmm. how much we were in the crowd as a team. Oh, wow. um, we were pushing Molly, Molly into the crowd, and Molly's going like, I, like at some point she she just like admits that she cheated on the test from an earlier scene, and I don't think any of us had planned it like 
this, but she said it, and, and we all just went, bingo, you're caught, uh, and they blacked us out. It was one of Mike's best blackouts with Molly being super smart, uh, and it was just like one of those shows where everything came together. We used that as our um, as our festival submission for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to say, yeah, like all, any of the shows we ever did in D.C. for festivals, and it was usually only three of us, oh always killed. And they were always like coming in hot. Like we would like just get there and like eat something. Yeah. And then in, do a show and it was good. In DC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oh. yeah, all the local festivals were always tough because they're like, ah, we'll just show up that day. And we're like, oh, we improv after being in a car for four hours. Not as good as you think. But DC, for some reason, we had the magic. Oh, I was going to say, I remember a scene, I think it was in a show, not a practice, but it was, and I think it was just four of us, um, but it was, David was like, his car broke down and he got trapped in a molasses field. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Remember that? And I think it was Molly, Kristen, and I were all people from the town and David just needed a phone and we were like, ain't got no phone here. Um, but slowly we just started getting closer to him. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. when we got close enough, we started eating him because we thought he was candy, um, <laughs> and it was just like a really creepy, fun scene. It was such a I, wild. Scene. I um, had to just throw this out there. Uh, there was a Seattle festival that uh, people couldn't go to, so it, it just ended up being Rob and I. Rob, that set at Jet City, I have never felt like we owned a room so much as we owned that room. And there was one scene in particular that like playing with you was just so, so fun. Uh, the get on the, uh, you know, put your mother on the boat. Uh, just right, put your mother yeah. on the boat. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. This is, this is one from way, way back. This is way before your time, Rob. We were in Baltimore for a, a festival and uh, we had once again been roped into doing uh, short form improv. And um, worse still, they did a draft. Oh so we already performed, and then they and then they picked teams. And Anthony Carter was on the team at that point, and he was the last pick. Um, and um, his group is doing um, is given um, doing the short form game called like Altered History. And the history that they're given is um, first somebody says um, Daenerys receives her dragon eggs uh, from Game of Thrones. They want to see a scene where they recreate that. But somebody else says something about Joe Biden. So in inimitable fashion, they merge these two. It becomes about Joe Biden receiving his dragon eggs. So they start doing the scene and Anthony Carter marches onto the scene very confidently and he goes, Mr. Vice President, we, we're going to need your legs. We're going to need your legs. <laughs> and everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's like, your legs. <laughs> and he does the whole scene and we get in the car and we're like, um, Anthony, you know, you know they said dragon eggs, right? And he was like, <laughs> Dragon legs. <laughs> oh man! Oh. God, that was a beautiful time. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon, or asked the grinning buck to 
all the colors of the wind.